Well, we showed up three on the dolly and one. Oh, you're right. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, they showed up with a bus tub and a couple pizza boxes. Again, that puts you in the top two boxes and a bunch of you guys did. Yeah, you got a whole flat of THC beverages. Uh You got a bunch of bottled cocktails. Hey. Be proud of yourself. Yeah, take that, Nick. You did a great job. Yeah. Suck it, Nick. Yeah, Nick. Bitch. Nick. <laughs> well, since we're going to be verbally going after former guests on the podcast, I feel oh, like we should we? probably- that'd be amazing. Let's go. <laughs> I feel like we should take a second and introduce our listeners to the two guests that we have here. Yes. Uh, both of these gentlemen have been very influential in my, uh, my entire life, really, in the cocktail industry. Uh, I think I met Jesse first. But, uh, but Jeff, uh, you also definitely helped steer me in a lot of different directions. So having the two of you now working together and also both being here, um, it's, it's a beautiful moment of kismet for me because it's fun now to kind of look back on a lot more years than I'd like to admit publicly. <laughs> uh, but it's been really fun to see the ebb and flow of everything. And as, as me being more of an elliptical orbit, in the cocktail world. It's been really cool to get to watch all this come together. And then it seemed like it was moving at a glacial pace for a very long time. And then you were like, fuck it, hit the light switch and just let's go. And then now shit's happening like crazy. So would you both take a second and uh, introduce yourselves to our crowd and then maybe let them know about your business? Well, yeah. Uh, Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Charles, for having us. Um, Yeah, I'm Jeff Urkula, Jeff Giles Urkula of Earl Giles Bar, Distillery, Restaurant. Uh, and bottling company. And oh, short sweet. There it is. Uh, I'm Jesse Earl Held. Um, I, <laughs> this is like uh, every day I walk, we, we walk in that building. I, you know, it's getting to the point now that we're like, holy shit, we actually did this. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I remember <laughs> like, I remember it was one of our mock services, I think it, it was. And um, uh, I can't remember who it was. But I don't think you were there, Jeff. Um, and, and I was giving a tour, and and uh, they stopped, and they looked at me, and they're like, I can't believe that you two degenerates actually <laughs> yeah. pulled this off. And I go, you know what, man? I can't either. <laughs> but uh, we did. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been a crazy ride, man. Crazy. I, also, I think if you dig down, it's been the degenerates that have pushed the envelope on just about everything cool that's ever happened. So I'm good with that. <laughs> that category. Thank you. Thank you. Also, Jeff. Now they're generates. Yeah, very generate. <laughs> you are very generous. I feel that. Can you try just putting that on the table? I don't want you to have to hold that. That seems silly. Can we? I wonder if we can push you. Oh, yeah. Get the table yeah, a little yeah, further sure. over that way. Like get it right to the edge and then maybe just angle it a little bit more towards. Tilt it a little, up a little bit, bit up. A little, there you go. Yeah. Wow, this thinking? sausage is made. Yeah. yeah. Do you sound good? We good? We yeah. Good? Okay. Yeah, actually, I like that. Live sound check. Is that, is that easier for you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I get a good lean on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just feel, I feel, yeah, I, I, feel I didn't get a good lean on. I'm feeling good. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. We've, we've, <laughs> great. we've, we've plussed our, uh, deep inside the sausage factory here. Mm-hmm. We've gotten to the point where I think that we have not a, the title, Quam. Yet. Gross. You don't know that. <laughs> I might have just thrown up on my mouth just a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's because you're excited. It's a, it's a good vomit. Uh, but yeah, I, we've got to the point where we, I think we have a really solid setup for three and four. We just still have to, we, a couple yeah. more pieces to we're the getting, studio we're here. We're getting there. We don't do it often. Yeah. But that's why I like doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would also like to remark that Jesse is, I believe, the fourth two-time 
libation or because he was on the written libations yes. for everyone. Yes. And the podcast, I believe that's yes. happened four times. Wow. God, Prolific. I feel. Trying to remember who the third one was, but I know Gorski. Special. Rob Jones? Oh, Rob Jones, yep. Marco. Yep. So it's at least four. At least four. There you go. Ooh. Wow. It's that's a good group right there. Exciting. Yeah. It's a good group. It's great. A bunch of handsome men right there. So for for our listeners, um, can you explain a little bit about the, the business? Yeah. Like, obviously, you kind of gave a little hint to where the Earl and the Giles came from. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, Elba, we, uh, we started as a non-alcoholic um, syrup, cocktail mix, bar modifier um, manufacturer. And it, it, it all started with Jesse getting me back from Mexico in <laughs> 2013. He I'm called so me. I was, I was on the beach. I was rolling sushi and flip-flops, living the dream. And he said, I got a project for us. And, uh, you know, a couple months later, I came back. Burrow and Parlor had just opened, so I was kind of getting in the mix there. Um, but it, it it all just kind of started from there. Yeah, it uh, it caught it caught fire fast. Yeah, um, you know, it went from us making things for ourselves for our own bar programs yeah. to having people like Rob and whoever else um, call us up and say, "Hey, uh, make a, can you make me a gallon of raspberry syrup or whatever it is?" And we're like, "For sure." And then you know. After we did that one time, it came two times, became four times. Um, well, I looked at Jeff, I go, shit, we might actually have kind of a, a business idea here that might, might, might be well, might do well. So, yeah, <laughs> I didn't you know that. You were also I, the, uh, yeah. the cocktail fairy during lockdown mm. because you were delivering oh, delicious geez. peel and chios. We were just talking about that today. Mason jars and, uh, full of syrups and elixirs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ginger beer at, yeah, at my doorstep. So. I just opened my back door and I'd be like, oh, we're Goody. making cocktails again for the 109th straight day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't like Good to talk about days. those days, Charles. No. Those were dark, dark days in Earl Giles' okay. lore. <laughs> well, it was like, I mean, it really does go back that far, though, because I remember 2011 into 2012, uh, I took 13 months off of drinking and it was Quitter. a, yeah, right. <laughs> and it was a, it was a, it, it's a perfect example of how much things have changed in a short amount of time because I was heartbroken that it was basically impossible to find anything interesting to consume anywhere outside of just what sodas were on the gun, what gross, like uh, pasteurized shelf stable box juices we had? Year? Or twenty eleven? Twenty eleven into twenty twelve. Yeah, and so like beer was really starting to spin its wheels. Yep, but there wasn't much there yet. Nope, and uh, it was the original round of the Earl Giles ginger beer that I ended up <laughs> basically. I mean, I drank more of that than anything else that entire time outside yeah. of water. I remember you coming to uh, where we during during COVID picking up a case of ginger beer? Yep. Like and, uh, I, you and you and the wife were like, yeah. we're just gonna go hang out at home. It's the best. Uh, like it, it was and is the best stuff. And it's funny all these years later now, um, as a minority partner in a THC company with beverages that are about to come out, our uh, our crisp ginger ended up tasting very similar to the ginger beer. And the first sip I had, it was like a perfect transport back to that memory of that was the first thing that I felt like I could have that was like handmade by people who care about something and it was delicious and it was great. And it was a thing that I could have. And it made me feel like I, you know, I'd have them poured in a low ball and, you know, put a nice little rock in there. And it, it just made me feel like I could still be a part of the party. And now 10, 12 years later, 
we're actually seeing entire menus getting devoted to things like that. So yeah. it's, it's funny to see how far ahead of the curve that vision was. That's, that's all that guy over there. I mean, Irk spent a lot of time, like a lot of time. How many recipes? Oh my gosh, too many to even count I mean, on different renditions of that, of what you see now today. And uh, it got to a point, I think, I think it got to a point where he was like, I'm too close to it. I can't, I, I can't decide anymore. I don't know what, I don't even yeah. know what's good They're anymore. All my kids. <laughs> yeah. So, it, the I mean, buds were numb at that yeah, point. I think no, it got no to a saying. point where he was just like, all right, I'm done. This is it. And, uh, and, it, and it, yeah. Oops. You and now we're it. canning it. I love yeah. It, you know? We yeah. started bottling it. I mean, when we first started, we were hand juice and everything, hand juice and the ginger, um, bottling it, filling up five gallon kegs and, uh, just filling up bottles, 12 ounce bottles and hand crank. Yeah, it was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. Like, yeah, I, it, it just hit me like right now. It hit me like right now, like a ton of bricks, like. You hear all these stories about companies where they started out in someone's garage or like someone's basement, right? Like where, and now they're like this huge conglomerate company, you know, um, if we are very, if we're fortunate enough to hit a home run with, with, with our, with our company, think about where we began and oh. what we were doing mm-hmm. to where create began, this thing. How many years, how many different oh, kitchens man. we worked in. It's uh, like just just the fact of like how many times we moved in the past seven years is ridiculous, yeah. right? So, yep. I mean, it's it's just it's right. it's funny how you know I, I I sit and I don't think of those, you know, I don't think either of us really think of those back, you know, you know, four or five six years ago times anymore. Um, but you start, I start, I, I, I it's it's all come rushing back. I hear you talking about the way we used to do it. I'm like, holy shit, we used to do it that way. Yeah, I don't like, think of it now just because there's so much stuff in front of us that we're looking, you know, to do that you kind of forget about where we where we started. Yeah. You get stories and it kind of just wait that way and <laughs> for so yeah. long. I mean, we were we were talking about hand delivering stuff and you know, we were delivering down to Rochester knowing that we were losing money. Yeah. Like this is this is a loss. We're not only losing for the company, we're losing you know, our own hours of the day, (laughs) everything. We were losing money on this delivery up to Duluth, but it was just to, you know, to keep the name going, to keep the brand out there, to keep people talking about it. And I think that, you know, over the years that, that kind of little losses became one big win. One big win. Yep. It's amazing. And where you're located now for the uninitiated, whether you are in this market or outside of this market is an absolutely beautiful building in historic Northeast Minneapolis on this well-worn but beautiful road with lots of cool businesses on it. The building you're in is like a great confluence of old and new because your space looks so like antique, like yeah. so much wood and all the plant life you've put in there. It feels so good in there and it's so spacious. Uh, it's just a, it's a really cool operation and I'm excited Thank to see yeah, it's, it's all the things that transpire there. Yeah. I don't think we could have dropped that building in a better spot. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, right. was a, it was a good up and coming spot then, but for the last five years, I mean, it's it has changed even more. Yeah, it's, it just it's a great feel. It's a great spot. Big Lucked time. Out. Um, to to jump off that for those that that either haven't been or or aren't located in the the Minneapolis St. Paul market, could you explain a little bit about what is all going on in that building for you guys? Because <laughs> there's a lot that might take up all yeah, three hours, man. <laughs> Jeez. And, uh, uh, 
Go ahead, Jeff. Okay. Jeez. Um, all right. Well, we'll start with just like the, the bottling company. That's where it started from. So we do, um, when we originally looked at the space, it was to be a manufacturing spot for the bottling company. Canning line, you know, big upscale, the, the syrups and the elixirs and all of that stuff. But um, the more and more we got in there and kind of started talking about it and Jesse and I's background, it just, it made sense to, to make it the full thing. And that included making spirits, yeah. the restaurant, um, coming from the kitchen background, Jesse obviously from the bar and, and that front of the house side of things. It just, it made sense to, to have a full restaurant, distillery, and the manufacturing, the bottling company. But within that, the bottling company, <laughs> that splits off into its own subcategories. And the, the bottling company has the original Earl Giles cocktail syrups. It has the sodas with the ginger beer and ginger ale and, and a few more to come. Um, it has the elixirs, the, uh, the flying high beverages with our THC drinks. Uh, we've got our disco citrus, which is a dehydrated citrus fruit line that we um, either sell naked or dusted in a luster dust. So I just want to get a little ASMR yeah, there. That was like good. That. Opening up the uh, the electric lemonade. The electric lemonade. Um, That's the brass newest one. Lightly carbonated lemonade um, with hints of yerba mate, oh, Szechuan peppercorn, so and cayenne. Just a, a little bit of zip um, with nice. the, the the Szechuan and and bless you for actually making it taste like lemon and yeah. not like a fake lemon candy. Like very, that actually very real lemon and lemon. Yeah, that's uh, like I made lemonade at home. Like, if we were outside, I would be gleeking to show you guys <laughs> how, how much my taste buds are enjoying That's a, a throwback. I feel like yeah. I'm back in junior high right is now. There, is there a different... Do the kids call know. it something different I now? Know. I, don't I, just, I don't know if they call it anything. Has I don't think they do it. gotten updated? An I've, accidental uh, projectile drool. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> like, are the kids gleeking even? Do the kids gleek? Dude, my gleek's on fleek, son. I don't... I think now with the COVID, I don't think gleeking is available. No. That's why we didn't do it. All right. Okay. We got to stop gleeking. Yeah, because of the vid. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Listen, thank you. <laughs> didn't, didn't need to cut you off there. Um, yeah, and then the, uh, the the distillery has its its own thing going. It's the distillery. It's manufacturing. It's distribution. It's um, you know with the tap room, we're selling to ourselves and, and able to sell directly to the public in that way. So um, there's there's a lot going on in there. And there's also a food program. Yeah, there's a full restaurant in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jeff had touched on, like with our backgrounds, him in the kitchen, me, you know, obviously behind the bar. Um, it just made sense. You know, it, it made sense for us to, if we had the ability and the space and the, and the capacity and, and yeah. The, yeah, like just to, to go for it. Um, I think during this whole ride, um, it's, it's hard to put it in the words, but when people, what, what we have always pri- kind of prided ourselves in a little bit, um, and I think it, it, maybe to a fault, is we wanted to make sure that when people come sat at our bar or people were going to sit at the table and eat his food, like we wanted to make sure that they were taken care of. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make sure that they were having the best time, the best experience that they could possibly have. And when we were designing this place, we wanted to make it, we wanted to give that same thing, but and how you do that in 18,000 square feet, like it's an enormous space. And how do you make it feel special, intimate, all those things that we love. So 
to have the ability for people to walk through those doors and everything that they touch, everything that they eat, everything that they drink is made by our people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that kind of connects back to we wanted to make sure that we were in control of making people feel good and feel special. And, and I think, you know, we didn't want to have a food truck sitting outside. You know, uh, we wanted to make sure that that was, that's Jeff's food. That's Matt's food. You know, that's, that's, that's our team's um, passion and love and, 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 and making sure that you're having a memorable time. Kind of going off of something that Charles said, uh, it really is amazing when you walk in um, to have the smell of the kitchen and also the smell of all of the plants and, and flora that exist all around there. That is, it is incredibly inviting, like just to walk into that room and, and smell that. But what I didn't realize was also how much I needed to see that when winter gets bleak. When, yeah. You know, we live in a, a, an area of the world that five <laughs> months of the year, you're looking at two colors tops outside. You know, it's like an off white and then some form of brownish gray. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yes. And you walk into your space and there's so much greenery everywhere. And right. then you have the kitchen kicking out food. And then you have the cocktails. Like even looking at the stuff that you brought tonight, it's all vibrant colors. And sometimes I feel like we need to remind ourselves to go seek that out. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I never realized how much I need it until I walk in and I see it. And it's like, oh yeah, God. Those are just babies. It's really nice to look at green. It's really nice to look at living things. Were you there uh, when we had the, the murals up yet? I was not. No, so no I haven't. So probably the newest addition to our, yeah. our decor is uh, we had two local Minneapolis artists, um, Black Days and Biafra. Mm. Uh, check them out on Instagram. They are, yeah. are awesome. Um, and we, they have covered, you know, they're, they're 20 by 20 murals. Um, I have not seen all those All over. Wow. Uh, you haven't seen them yet? No. Oh, they're amazing. Oh. You'll, uh, you'll definitely see them. Check out uh, the Earl Giles Instagram, and you'll, yeah. you'll see what we're talking about. Fuck yeah. About. I'm going to come in and see them. That's, uh, yeah, that alone is. Yeah. Just awesome. we, like we need another reason. Like, let's just go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So we are sipping on uh, a milk punch. Correct. And uh, I know we did talk about it earlier, but I don't know if that's going to actually make the recording. So we should probably just say what's, what what's is in, in this. Car? Yeah. What's, what's, in in the the what's, in the, what's in the cup? What's in the cup? What's in the cup? It is a rum-based spirit, and the rum is infused uh, with all the baking heart spices, your cinnamon, your nutmeg, your clove, your anise, fenugreek, um, all those hard winter spices to give it kind of that spiced rum flavor. And then uh, the milk punch part of it is milk, pineapple, lime, green tea, black tea, um, cane sugar, um, honey, I think is in there as well. Mm. Um, and then we combine both those things to make it curdle. Sure. And then once it curdles, um, we run it through those curds that have been created to give it a nice, clear, filtering. Like, you look at that thing, it looks like a glass of water, yeah. right? Then you taste it, mm. you're like, where is all this flavor coming from? It's from those those curds and those those milk curds that Jeff was talking about earlier about making ricotta. Yeah. Like, that's what's filtering all of that liquid into clearness. Damn right, back-to-back milk punches, motherfucker. This yeah. is way, way clearer and way brighter. This is, this is fantastic. I can't take credit for the clarity because Tyler Mackey, Ooh, one of our yeah, guys. he has been at it for he, weeks. Uh, he's figured this out. He's got this down to a science now. And uh, I've, I told him actually a couple of days ago, I was like, I've been making milk punch for two decades, mm-hmm. and I have never gotten it this clear before. Yeah. That's spectacular. Yeah. 
and again, even the byproduct was was yeah. a, a better product. I mean, we were talking about the the cheese that's made. Basically, I mean, it was coming out as a you know kind of a grainy texture, but now it's actually it's it's a whipped, spiced, seasoned ricotta cheese that now yeah. we're, we're looking to make into you know it's oh yeah dessert. Topping oh, or, fuck yeah. You know, it, yeah. I was going to inquire about that if you're going to repurpose it because yeah, why I mean, that, that's, wouldn't you? It, and coming from the kitchen, it's, it's always been kind of our, our goal to, you know, whatever we're making, we're going to repurpose that yeah. waste product in, into something else that's going to be used on the, on the food side of things. So, Heck yeah. yeah. Well, well, cheers. Should we cheers to that and, yes. and, and get rolling? Cheers, gentlemen. Thank cheers. You Thanks for joining us. Salute. Boom. Salute. Cheers. Salute. What a pleasure. Oh, we. All right. I'm up to bat. The topic is hot cocktails. Hot cocktails. Hot cocktails. Hot cocktails. What do you okay. like about them, hate about them, or hope to see more of in the future? <sighs> wow. All right. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Heavy-hitting journalism wow. right here, guys. <laughs> uh, it, it, okay, so I'm going to come at this from a guest perspective. Okay. Not a bartender's perspective. Sure. Because I can go on and on about what I hate about him as a bartender, yeah. right? Mm. Um, that's too easy. That's, that's, that's low-hanging fruit. Um, as a guest, um, what I do love about a, um, a hot cocktail is pretty much one thing, is the, the blooming of all of the flavors that are in that cocktail, especially like a whiskey cocktail, come out tremendously. And I love that. I love that part. Um, the part I really don't like too much is the fact that it's a hot cocktail. Mm. <laughs> the, you know, um, I, it, there's some, for some reason, when I like, when I, so my favorite cocktail is a martini. Mm-hmm. Ice cold, you know, perfect, elegant, just great. And I think, like, when I'm drinking a cocktail, that's what it should be. It should be that nice, cold, refreshing, no matter the time of the year, kind of libation. And, because of the temperature, only the temperature, um, I'm not a huge fan of a hot toddy sure. or a hot buttered rum, you know, things like that. Love the flavors, just don't like the way that it sits, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. I think it's a lot of time that you spent, like, in, you know, the, the San Diego's of the world that yeah. are the warmer, you know, I spent a lot of time up north, northern Minnesota, and family up there and the the grog was a thing you know the Mm. hot toddy was a thing it was it was definitely at every like winter gathering that we would we would have some sort of usually spiced alcoholic maybe a wine mulled wine Mm -hmm. for instance Mm -hmm. but it uh it just in this region it just it's such a kind of a winter time staple again this is that's from the guest side of things from the bartender yeah uh i'm not necessarily all for it but (laughs) <laughs> I think that you get creative with ways to serve it and ways to, to hold it. And um, once you get past those hurdles of where are you going to get that hot water from? You're going to, you're going to heat your glass, like yeah. those kind of things, you know, you get past that and it can be well executed and delicious. But. Ben, I don't know if you remember, but it was a North star bartenders guild event mm-hmm. way back in the day. And there was a bunch of us who made, a cocktail for a party we had on the top of what building was that downtown? Was the, 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 um, oh my God, it's on Marquette. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was the, it was the make believe it's New Year's Eve party. Yeah. 
We had, uh, we had a big countdown clock. The whole shout place. out to a friend of the podcast, Mike Kotek. Oh, that's right. Did yeah. he live there? Kotek lived there. That's right. And uh, he told the building um, that we were having a few friends over <laughs> to uh, to do a little cocktail class. <laughs> and we threw, dude, that was a, that was a fucking wild party. Bro. That was, there was like 200 people there. Yeah. yeah we had a cotton oh, candy machine friends, making. Just a few friends. Just a, a few class. friends. We were making, a, we were making alcoholic. It was Angostura Bitters Cotton Candy. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Michaels, uh, formerly of La Belle Vie, uh, had a shot that... Oh, it was a kissing shot, wasn't it? was wasn't a it? kissing shot. So each of you took half of it, and then you had to make out to make the drink actually work. To balance it out, yeah. And man, that let me tell you, that was... No one went there for the first hour, and then everyone and then everybody went there went for there, the last right. hour. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people who are not coupled definitely <laughs> took a run at that. There may or may not be a photo of Nick Kosovich and I taking a run at that. Mm. Uh, but I made a hot buttered rum. Yes, you did. For that, mm. for that day. Uh, I remember that cocktail. <clears throat> and it was, for someone who doesn't like hot cocktails, I was really, it was really good. It was, it was super good. Yeah. And it was, we had, we had, it was, of course, you know, the dead of winter and we had rooftop access. Mm-hmm. So it was beautiful, but it was cold as shit because right. it was, you were on yeah. the 22nd story or whatever of that building. So the wind was just ripping, you know, a, a cold January Sunday. Uh, but yeah, that was, God, I haven't thought about that in a long time. That was, that was a wild. Part. That was, a, that was, I think that predated, I don't think I knew you yet, Jeff. I was going to say that those, those, I was still in the kitchen back then, you know, so I wasn't really dabbling in the bar world. I was, yeah. I think I had just started at Town Talk. Yeah, that would have been right around then. When we, when we did that. Yeah. God, that was a long time ago. Holy buckets. Yeah, I, um, I don't, like, I agree with you. I, as I, I worked at an Irish pub, I met my wife at an Irish pub. I poured thousands of Irish coffees in my time there. I, it's always a pain simply because from the bar side, it's always a pain for a hot cocktail because a bar isn't set up to have heated things and none of the stackable glassware is set up for you to be able to like the, all of it's built for multi-purpose. Whereas like a hot cocktail usually right. should kind of have its own thing. So that, that always makes it hard. So I guess I'll go with similar to what, what Jesse did like as, as a consumer, um, yeah, like, do you enjoy them? Do you want to see more of them, regardless of feasibility? Because you don't have to worry about that. I part. do at friends' houses. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, at a yeah. bar or restaurant that yeah, I go yeah. to. I would agree with that. I do. I, there's nothing that I love more than um, friend of the podcast uh, John Buck. Like when we're at his place or at mine, we'll still fire up the smoker and cook something. I love how time. everyone we know is a friend of the podcast. Yeah, because <laughs> I make all it's my friends listen to the show. It's, one of, our, it's <laughs> one of our tropes. Yeah. Like literally everybody. Friend, friend of the, of the podcast, podcast uh, Todd, the cashier at uh, Speedway. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Todd, man. Keep it up, man. I'm telling you, you're going to make assistant manager soon. Um, but like we, we do enjoy, uh, like I love that, like making, whether it's an, an Irish coffee or making a hot toddy um, or honestly, like just about anything I, I can enjoy. Even just like some really good, really, really good cider with a little rum poured yeah. in or a little whiskey poured in, throw a couple of cloves in there. It's fucking delicious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hot chocolate with a little rumple mints. Look, I'm, I'm still good with that. Uh, all of those things I enjoy. <laughs> you just admitted it, that, by the way. I'm fine with uh, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, everybody on this 
pie, that listens to this show forever. knows I'm the trash panda and he's the the fine diner. Uh, <laughs> I, I, when it's coupled with going outside, I'm in. Yep. If we have an event, if we do a polar plunge, anything like that, I adore it. I literally cannot picture a time that I would walk into a restaurant and ask, what do you have that's hot? <laughs> you know, even in like a, like a, a nice sushi restaurant, there's usually a hot sake machine and usually the hot sake is hot lightning. It's bad. That's Garbage. why they're serving it hot because then you can't taste well, how poor it is. Yeah, unless you just like a hot Junmai Nagori or something. Yeah. You can request it hot as well. Sure, but they're just going to microwave it. But a lot of places have shitty, <laughs> shitty, yeah, shitty sake yeah. is boiling hot. Like, again, after managing a sushi restaurant for two years, you learn real quick, oh, my God, you can get two gallons of that for that price? That's amazing. <laughs> um, the big vat. Yeah, the big, mm-hmm. the big plastic vat. Yeah. But that, that's it for me. I, I just don't, I don't ever attach it to something that I want when I'm going to a restaurant or okay. a bar. Yeah. But Charles, I mean, where, where are you on that? I guess I'm the only person that cares for hot cocktails. <laughs> I don't, my thing is I, I don't like hot toddies. I don't like kind of your standard fare. I wish that I could see more creative hot cocktails, including for my own devices. Like if I batch cocktail for Club Caraway's social hour on Fridays, I'm always racking my brain over what I can do that would be interesting. And of course I can put it in an instant pot or something. I don't have to worry about service. Um, we always do mulled hot cider at home in the fall. Uh, Four Roses, we actually discussed that in the last episode. I'd I'd like to see more things and maybe experiment more with doing like mezcal hot chocolate, those types of Mm -hmm. things where people are experimenting, myself included, with some new flavors. Uh, I thought it was, I thought hot cocktails were going to be a much bigger deal this winter because hot toddies were such a big deal last winter. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like we've regressed a little bit, even though the demand is there. Um, I'm sure a lot of places didn't want to incorporate it because of the service challenges. Um, at one of the places in the Twin Cities, at least, that you do see make a lot of hot <clears throat> beverages is Meteor. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, if I remember correctly, Rob essentially makes it in like a big pot. Mm-hmm. So he's got just like a big pot at the ready, including tonight as we're recording, they're doing Irish coffees. And I think they're doing like a chilled version and a hot version of uh, Irish coffee. And but, by the way, if you've never had a really good Irish coffee, like actually look up the recipe and make one at home for yourself. Like a properly made Irish coffee is one of the best drinks on earth. Not the ones that I had with one of my college professors because I caught him pouring Jack Daniels into the coffee from the coffee machine and then <laughs> he had to give me Jack Daniels and mine every time I asked him for some. That's awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> Still not, not a good cocktail, but that's just a, that's an awesome piece of blackmail. Yeah. yeah. The machine coffee, first of all, is the worst coffee on planet Earth. It's worse than the so Keurig machine. So it's trying machine. to make it taste better. What's that? It's yeah. trying to make it taste it made, better. It did make it taste better because nothing tastes worse than that Ugh. potted soil coffee. Because yeah. that's literally what it fucking oh, tastes like. And smells like. Yeah. But yeah, I caught him one morning. I was early in class, probably for the first time. Probably still a little drunk from the night before. And I saw him putting the little fifth of JD in his drawer, and I was like, just pointed at him. Ah, busted! Like the like the crazed monkey and Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and he was yeah, like, yeah. "Fuck!" And I was like, "Well, well, well." Look Anyways, an A. <laughs> yeah. So I I do like hot cocktails. I don't again. I don't go somewhere looking for them, but if I see a menu and there's something that sounds interesting to me, as with <clears> you know anything else on a menu that may sound appealing at that moment, I may order one. So I guess I don't care a whole lot if those types of programs are expanded but 
if people implement them, I'd like to see more stuff like mezcal hot chocolate. Can I, I have some? I mean, that sounds delicious. Rob yeah. Jones, listen to that. Rob Jones. Mezcal hot chocolate. Well, yeah, or, I believe he's made one, and he and I have kind of waxed philosophic on some mezcal chocolate drinks. I had this. It was cold, but I had this mezcal chocolate beverage at the Palms at, oh, my God, I can't think of the name right now. Mr. Fuck. They're now defunct, but it was at the Palms in Vegas. They had this really dope meteor looking glass because they, for some reason, put powdered sugar or whatever on the outside. So it looked like you were holding like the moon in your hands. And it was a mezcal chocolate liqueur topped with Sam Smith stout. And there's some other stuff in there, but they would not divulge. They sure. were super secretive. Like Marnie was dressed to the nines and I was like, please go ask them for the recipe. <laughs> and the guy was like, fuck no. <laughs> was like, Damn it. If that doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I worked on that recipe with Rob to try and pack it, relay the flavors. And yeah. then he made it. And he actually made that for the, sorry, I'm bringing it up again, Jesse, but the lockdown, uh, uh, Valentine's yeah. that we had. And I made this menu for Marnie and I recreated some memories from prior Valentine's. And that was on Valentine's that we had that Mr. Coco. Yes. It's called Mr. Coco, but the place was called Mr. Coco in the Palms. Okay. I was going to say like if the drink was called <laughs> Mr. Coco, Coco and it was a chocolate drink. The fact that you couldn't get there was like, Mr. Coco was opened <laughs> by a dashing, uh, Italian <clears throat> barman whose tiny dog was named Mr. Coco. So I like he it. called the bar Mr. Coco. Anyways, I try to relay the flavors. We got kind of close, but still, I mean, you know all about that, Quam, because mm-hmm. we talk about those types of memories on the show. Is you can't just catch lightning in a bottle Mm-mm. quite that easily. So it's something I want to continue iterating on. But like a hot version of something like that could also be. We could really do that. Delicious. We could make our own marshmallows go with it. Yes. Also, for like the two of you out there that always message me about music things, uh, when you're done with this episode, go put on Hot Toddy by Usher and Jay-Z. I tried for like six months to make that song a hit, and it did not work at all. But that no. song still fucking bangs. You're gonna do it now? <laughs> no. You're are you? But now via the podcast, you're gonna. It's like uh, the I'm, running up that hill effect. Oh, absolutely! I will right? try and make this song uh, famous. <laughs> <laughs> not anywhere near as good of a song as Kate Bush wrote, but no, still, okay. uh, yeah, Fair. it's it's a fucking banger that never went anywhere, and I'm sad about it. Um, Should we drink our cold beverages? <laughs> let's, cheers. Let's do that. All right. Also. You know, Jesse, talking about hot beverages, the yeah. the tea in this milk punch yeah. is actually kind of like tugging at the back of my brain that I haven't had a lot of like tea infused hot drinks. And I mm. feel like that's a genre right. that must have legs in other places around the world. Mm. I know but at Earl Giles, we use tea a lot. I mean, we used to yeah. use... Yerba I mean, Mate has been one of our... Yeah. I mean, I've been using Yerba Mate. Yerba Mate honey was one of our first syrups back in the day. Yep. I think it just came from... A, Spending a lot of time down in Mexico, a lot of Argentinians down there. Yerba Mate was just kind of the, the drink of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right. Yeah, I think uh, Jesse is tea going to pour us yeah. some more beverages. <laughs> yeah, tea and a milk punch is obviously very commonly used. That yeah. like 1890s recipe, uh, which is the, the milk punch that I most frequently make at home myself has black tea in it. Um, so that's always cool to see. And, and like a hot toddy that one of the reasons I don't like a hot toddy is because it just seems weird pouring so much water into something like, and pour a bunch of water in there. You can just make tea. Yeah. Like if you make a hot toddy and you actually make a tea, that's a lot more pleasant. Tea. Yeah, I agree with you. I, yeah. I, now that I think about it, actually the, the hot toddy that I used to make, uh, at work, 
I probably shouldn't. Well, they can't fire me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hot toddy I used to make it work was with uh, tea that we had there. Uh, yeah. We had this really beautiful white leaf tea. And I'd do that. And then I'd do brandy, lemon, and honey. And it was just incredible. And then it looked like tea. Soothing. Very soothing. Soothing. Jesse, get a little closer to the microphone here. Shaking up a cocktail. Yeah. That's how you know it's working. Shaking away. Oh, they did, in fact. Yeah, and they brought liquid nitrogen. (laughs) 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 But, like, isn't that the most Nick Kosovich move ever? Oh, to yeah. show up with yeah, like yeah. like right. full on liquid nitrogen and then pour it into a teapot and pour it, like everything about that was so perfect. <laughs> yeah. And everything about this is so perfect. Yes. Like, it's it's yeah. amazing. Different forms of perfect. Yeah, so yeah exactly. That's why we complement each other so well. You know, have hit all of those points. And again, I'm I'm a, I'm the trash pan of the crew too. So, yeah. Like, you know, I'm, we get each I'm other. The, I'm the whiskey and beer and so those guys, guys are the fine dinos. See, I can also get a creature. You get to yeah. be a panda. I'm a fine dino. Absolutely. Those guys are the fine dinos, and you guys are the trash pandas. Is a a, a yeah. fine dino. Yeah. That's actually a pretty on, fine dinos on brand. Yeah, the, the fine pandas. dinos of the trash pandas. Bad, right? There it is. That's that's it. I that's mean, this if, is as fine dino as it gets on this uh, this cup here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everybody, all the dinosaurs just all look so friendly. It's <laughs> amazing. Hey there, little dinosaur. <laughs> ah! We didn't exist within millions of years of each other. Oh, thank you, sir. Beverages are ready. Ooh. Ooh. This is a frothy boy. Oh. I'm excited. Yeah, this, the aroma on this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Aromatics. Well, Quam, would you like to yeah, uh, up, well, I was you, and then we'll cheers? Yeah, I was going to say we should, uh, well, while Jesse's shaking. No, because he's not going to be able to hear it. <laughs> this is so great. I love, honestly, the, the bright colors going on here, too. Yeah, it's just, for sure. This is perfect. Y'all don't know about dino cups until you need dino cups. This would be, like, second only to the, um, the actual glass, Star Wars glasses that you could get mm. in, like, was it an Arby's kids meal back in the day? Somebody went, one of the fast food places went super hard in the paint. And I didn't even. They like, all did when the prequels came out. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the old, who, old ones. Oh, the old, old, yeah. old ones. Because I had, I had a Return of the Jedi glass that survived until a few years ago. Really? Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. That one, the dishwasher ate that one. And I knew better than that, but. Oh, whatever. see, you played yourself. I did. I was just lazy. Damn. It was the end of the night. There was a lot of dishes and I just put everything in the. Is a dino cup ever inappropriate? I hope not. It's a proper service wear, I think, for any occasion. Is it bad that I'm out of breath shaking a cocktail? I mean, maybe. (laughs) Now, now, a a part of me wants to say yes, but going back to, like, when you were kind of, like, my mentor in the cocktail industry, no one shook a cocktail harder than you. (laughs) I have never seen anyone put the amount of effort. Yeah, like like it stole something from him and he might get it back (laughs) if he shakes it hard enough. I remember there was the the six points of contact with the two tins together and you have to get the appropriate amount of flourish on all of your, like the two different shakes as you're bringing them around to make sure that the ice hits all six points or all six angles of contact as it's going around there. Yeah. It's, It's always... Always been a thing. I forget that I'm 51 years old and I can't do the stuff I used to do when I was 35, <laughs> you know? Man. Well, fucking. Well, cheers. Well, cheers to not being cheers. 35. Cheers. 
Cheers to being out of shape bartender. <laughs> what uh, what are we drinking? This is a drink on our menu, one of our most popular drinks on our menu called the Rabbit Kick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a gin-based cocktail with uh, carrot juice, vanilla, lemon citrate. And then what's missing on this one is the aromatic of black pepper on top of it. Mm. Mm. I think this was actually the first cocktail that I had at your cocktail room. It was the first cocktail I had there as well. Yeah, That's delightful. It is surprisingly popular at the... How on earth carrot juice isn't more popular in cocktail menus blows me away. It's super affordable. It's cool when it is. That's always like one of the drinks that I know I can have and not get uh, overwhelmed by cloying sweetness. Yeah. It's like it's carrots. It's vegetation. It's yeah, good natural sweet. It's basically right. a health smoothie. If you that's know. what everybody says, they order it's healthy. I'm like, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. healthy, mentally, like, <laughs> yeah, psychosomatically, right? Like, oh, this is super healthy. It's uh, good for me. <laughs> surprising no one in this room. I'm asking this question. Oh, music, podcasts, or audiobooks, or complete silence. At this stage in your life, when you're at work or you're in the car <laughs> to or from, what is your go-to for audio happiness? Oh, okay. Let me, let me ask the question for the question. Okay, Jesse. In what context are you talking after work? Are you talking on your way to work? So basically I was thinking the times where you may be by yourself. Okay. Like if, if I'm with other people, it's a whole different thing. But if I'm in the car going to or from, or if I'm at work by myself, would you prefer it to be quiet? Do you put on something with speaking that you can listen to? Do you prefer music? If I'm working, I need some some jams. You know, I need some tunes. So what's jams to you? Oh, well, <laughs> I guess my, my go-to, <laughs> my always go-to, my two go-tos are Tribe Called Quest, Spotify, and Duh. Talking Heads. I like that. Those are pretty solid bookends. And then I let them kind of, you know, I, I, I don't like to let them, I let them go. And every once in a while, you know, I'll thumbs down the ones that really start to get out there. But I let it do its own thing, and it mm-hmm. picks up a little. Well, De La Soul just released yeah. their stuff yeah. uh, recently, so that's that's been the new jams. When you're done with Hot Toddy, everybody then look up some De La Soul and refresh yourself at how dope of a song a roller skating jam called Saturdays is. Sorry. But in the car, on the way home, dead silence. <laughs> I am, yeah? I yeah. am just, like, letting, I can hear my feet. Like my heart beating through my feet, I, it's just, it's just silence. And I'll even crack a little window just to that white noise silence, like just a calming wind. Oh, I'm I'm with yeah. you on. I get it. That's, That's about it. Yeah, Jesse. What about you? Um, I have two answers. Ooh. <laughs> so, at night, when you're done with work and you're going home, and you've just spent twelve hours in a very loud environment with music and just chaos right um for some reason and i don't know why when i hear like i I put on um npr Mm -hmm. and just to like hear the soothing Mm -hmm. vocals of like the newscaster i don't even listen to like what what the news is like i (laughs) that doesn't that doesn't bother me or that's not what i'm listening for but just like the baritone the sound of that newscaster's voice man it just like soothes me it like brings everything down i don't know why um and then like coming over here today i was like uh you know obviously in my car alone and i was like it's always music sure um and it's funny because unknown thought came on 
by Pearl Jam yeah. on my way over here. And it's one of my favorites. And I was like, how fitting. I'm going to go see Ben Quam. And uh, I'm listening to Pearl Jam. Like, one of the greatest trips I've right, ever been on. Right. Yeah. You and I went to Chicago to watch Pearl Jam. And it, it was, was the two of us, your brother-in-law. My brother-in-law, yeah. And uh, Jimmy Farrenkamp, uh, co-owner of Max Industrial and Iron Door. And, uh, friend of the program. Friend of the program. No, Jimmy, <laughs> does, Jimmy doesn't know what a podcast is. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, that was, God, that was an the amazing podcast is The podcast is no friend of his, but yes. he is a friend. Correct. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, but <laughs> also, another reason I loved that experience was that not only did they release, like, a recording of that concert, but then they made a movie, movie. about it. Yeah. And uh, going to yeah. see it in a theater, like, it's the only time in my life that I've ever been able to relive a concert that I went to. Yeah. And it was just as emotionally moving, if not more so sitting in a theater because I, I knew what was coming. Yeah. <laughs> and you still just got to take it all in. Uh, and then cool. also happened to be one of the highest times I've ever been in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did we get a hold of, like gummy bears or something? Yeah, like uh, 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 the former head lab tech from <laughs> oh, Goose Island, Jesus. who is quite a chemist, uh, made his own edibles and didn't tell us any sort of dosing. Oh, and yeah, my yeah. Lord, that the, the I think I was, was so high. I was crying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> surprised me. Uh, leaving Fenway. So we, we sat separate from each other. Yeah. So Jesse was with his brother-in-law and I was with Jimmy and uh, we were going to meet up at a friend of mine's bar afterwards. And finally, Jimmy was, Jimmy was so high. He couldn't navigate the crowd on his own. So he just stood <laughs> behind me. He's a shorter person. So I'm six, five and he's like five, seven, five, eight. And he just, walked behind me with two fists full of my shirt (laughs) and he just had his forehead against like in between my shoulder blades basically. And he just said, just, just get me there, man. (laughs) What's the name of the place we went to after? Roadhouse 66. Roadhouse. That's right. Yeah. Hotels. Literally. Shout out to future friend of the podcast, Drew Lynch. Future Future friend. friend. (laughs) Wow. That's a new one. I haven't seen him in years. I I should let him know. We should, when we're in Chicago, we'll look him up. But that's uh, yeah, that was roadhouse. That is very fitting. Roadhouse. I do and think I think of I think of you most of the time when Pearl Jam pops up. It uh, like if Jeff, if you can like close your eyes and like think of what a bar called Roadhouse looks like, that's exactly that's what it. it looks like. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Swayze. It oh, is yeah. what I thought it was. It is what I thought it was. Except weirdly, they're like the focus on their menu is house smoked chicken, and so like they All had right. like they have a pretty good food program. I can fuck with but that. But then it's like, yeah, it's plastic shot glasses. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, you know, like 22 yeah. ounces of bush light. That is my kind of bar. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, yeah. It's tops. totally your jam tops. I want, okay. I want to go. Yeah. yeah. What's up, part two of your answer? Yeah. Uh, the Daily Double. Oh, so we it was, the, it was, it was the Daily Double silent the NPR, NPR at night. And then it was music when yeah. I'm just traveling around the okay. day. Okay. Well, it was kind of two part question, but I think we do need to get the Daily Double sound on our board for yes. when someone does the Quam Daily Double and answers twice for the same question. Oh, we've hit the Daily Double. Speaking of music, (laughs) did you know March 1st is the 50-year anniversary of Dark Side of the Moon? Yes, because uh, all the conservatives got their panties in a bunch Uh, because Pink Floyd put a graphic out where the the rainbow, the prism, (laughs) was in the zero of the 50. They lost all respect for that. And Yeah. uh, yeah, and everybody's... All up in arms because the notoriously conservative and pro-fascist group Pink Floyd has suddenly gone woke 
Like, I mean, they feel just as abandoned as when Rage Against the Machine finally got political. Yeah, right. When so, people finally listen to the lyrics and they're like, wait a second. Hold what, up. What we were talking about at the uh, at the distillery the other day was, because it's, it's, it's that's my favorite album of all time. Yeah. Dark Side of the Moon. Um, we were going to, we're, we're, th- we're tinkering around with the idea of throwing a Dark Side of the Moon party at the distillery. And, and serving THC cocktails, pizza, and then playing Wizard of Oz. Yes. As you're listening to Dark Side yes. of the Moon. Yes. <laughs> I'm so in. Oh, my God, yes. How many people under age, like, 40 have ever done that? Probably not many. I don't know. I don't they I doubt they have any clue what that. They yeah. probably would, yeah, people right. listening probably to this. Probably both. both right. Uh, probably know. like, what the hell are you talking yeah. about? The new age version of that? Is it's the, after the third roar, everybody. Yes. The okay. third roar the of the lion. Then you hit play. One of my terrible jokes I've told throughout my adult life is that the the new age version of that is if you play three dollar bills y'all by Limp Bizkit and you play Mario sixty four. Wow, same it's the same thing. Wow, all I can picture is Mario's accent. <laughs> well, I guess it would be nice. Yeah, this is Mario. They both wear a red hat too. So yeah, there it you know is. I mean? Wow, he's gonna turn it around. This is no Jeez. coincidence. No, Mario Durst, father of. <laughs> of Singer and director Fred Durst. Mario Durst, that's right. Mario Durst. Yeah, definitely Mario. (laughs) Mario Mario. Super Mario. It's Mario. Yeah. Charles, what about you for your listening pleasures? I have discussed these notions on the pod before, but I I used to like to listen to stuff while I'm working, but as the years have gone on, I really need focus. And I very seldom I don't listen to pods anymore while I work. Mm. I just can't do it. I I have to be just very um, on point when I'm working, but I will occasionally listen to music. Like today, a new track came out from a hardcore band that I really like called Rotten Sound. So I was like, ooh, I'm going to listen to this. And then it kind of spun me forward to listen to some metal in the background. But I only do that like once a week now. Usually I work in complete silence. When I'm in the vehicle, I'm playing pods or listening to music, alternating, don't listen to the radio anymore. And then when I'm like when I'm doing like me's for dinner or cleaning, um, I'm almost always listening to pods. Oh, yeah. It's just like a voice in the background while you're doing your duties and kind of helps the time pass. Um, so that's, yeah, quiet, almost always quiet when I work, but then anything else I'm doing that's like idle activities, I have music or pods playing. Well, it's, it's actually part of the reason that I, I asked that because it's sh- my work has shifted. So mm. I don't have any coworkers in the state anymore. And right. so I'm working from home a whole lot more alone. And I have actually caught myself, I never thought I would say this, but I've caught myself uh, working in silence more than I ever have before. Uh, Does it sim- feel different to you? You're like, are you like, wait a second? It feels very different. Yeah. Like I hear more random noises around the house. I realize how incredibly loud both of my pets are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And stop breathing. Yeah. And we have, we have new neighbors, the, the wonderful old man that I definitely thought was a hitman that lived next to us. Future, uh, future podcast. podcast I, I wish man, the podcast. I would have loved to have had Leonard <laughs> on, hitman. but he, uh, I, I think his actual story would have broken my heart. Cause it wouldn't have been anywhere near as like the pages okay. and pages of, of, uh, mythic hitman literature. So it's one of those NPCs in your life that you wrote a script for. Yes. And you're like, yes. let's just let that subsist. Yeah, as a story. I, I'm just happier with that as the story. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so he moved out and his son is renting that house now. And the new tenant has one of those like five pound dogs that Uh-oh. shouldn't exist in nature. <laughs> and all it does all day long. Mr. Coco. Bark. It's, it's, it just barks 
<laughs> all day long. Okay. So I've actually Great. started having to play something in the background so I can't hear it. But it literally just sits at the window all day long, like eight hours straight, just barking. Um, but I've started, I've really started to kind of enjoy that silence. Like I'll even go to a coffee shop and I'll throw my AirPods in for the noise canceling. And then I just sit in silence if I'm doing like spreadsheets and that kind of shit. Uh, I still, I can't drive in silence. I used to, when I DJed, I used to do the complete silence and like open the window. But two things happen when I do that now. I can hear my tinnitus, which drives me absolutely crazy. So the more I can do to not hear that is better. Um, I also really space out. Like <laughs> there are times where like I'll realize I haven't paid attention. I've gone by like five exits. You wake yeah, up in Iowa. And, yeah. and I'm just mortified. <laughs> Welcome to Wisconsin. I'm piloting a half ton missile. What am I doing? Like, how did I just, I'm not, I'm not tired. I'm not drunk. How did I just blank out like seven miles? So I, it's literally alien the, abduction, the calming, the calming richness of NPR hosts voices. It anchors me enough that I don't have to listen to it. But yeah. I also, I, it doesn't feel aggressive. It doesn't feel like it's something else I'm having to listen to. It's just the soft, dulcet tones. Jesse Held, it is. Jesse Held, it's a pleasure to have you here. <laughs> yeah, no. I'd love to read this passage from a book. Yeah. It'll be about eight minutes long. And then they just start, you're like, yes. That's very soothing. And I rarely listen to a single word anybody says. But it's like that voice, but Charlie Brown's teacher. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Any yeah. Attention. It's that like calming. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> just like, Give me like a Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, like a just... Him on the call map. Yep. Oh my. Yes. There you go. Um, there's a there's an, an Italian song from the '60s where the 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 songwriter basically wrote gibberish that Mary, he thought. Mario Durst. Yes, Mario Durst. <laughs> this is this is actually probably Terrio, Mario's father. Oh. Uh, wrote gibberish <laughs> lyrics that sounded like American, and then they they made basically like a big swing song. Oh yeah, and it's no, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's right. what the NPR is to me. They could just be saying random syllables of a word that get all chopped up, and I wouldn't even notice. Yeah, it's oh, the tone. That's, the that's also tone. like the uh, the Japanese NES baseball game where they tried to make American players' names. Yes, yes. The funniest fucking shit you will ever read in your life. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> I love that shit. I'm I'm here for it. All right, cheers. More carrot juice. Yeah, cheers, cheers, cheers y'all. Cheers, cheers. More healthy, healthy carrot juice. It's Drink so one every morning. That really is good. In a dino cup, man. In a Makes dino you see better and see worse at the same time. <laughs> just evening it out, like yeah. it's like a, like doing some coke on a bender. Yeah, coke just coke. even it out. <laughs> uh, allegedly, allegedly. You know, uh, because you all like silence. You know what that means, right? I'm a. No. You're getting. You're getting older. Oh yeah. Ew. I. Th- I. That's for sure part of it. Like I. I don't like. <clears throat> There are still times that passive TV soothes me, like just putting on the channel ESPN right. when I'm at my, yeah. my yeah. in-law's house, because it's just like, I don't have to decide anything. It's just whatever bullshit they want to put on. I'm Charles, cool with that. I can't do it with radio. Charles, do you think Ben is a get off my yard kind of guy? Not yet. You don't think so? Oh, I, no. I see it. Is he? I think so. I don't think I don't, it's because I, I, it. it. I don't care I don't about my it. yard. I <laughs> think yeah. Like, I really like don't. That, you, know, you know what tipped me Matt off? Down like, the grass, I don't he, want to cut it. Yeah. You know what tipped me off was he used it. He's bitching about that dog. He's like that damn dog. Fucking that, that dog. See? That oh. dog will push me over the edge. <laughs> it's like, you know what the worst part is. The next <laughs> the house down dog, has see? two giant German shepherds that also lose their mind every time I walk by. But they're like beautiful, majestic. Is there a chain reaction German when the little dog yep. yips? Do the other dogs yip? Does other way the around. Dog yip. 
If no, Millie doesn't give a shit. Millie, well, that you're lucky for that. Yeah, Bogey. There's we got a dog across the street. Bronco, this little dog, he's always in the front yard. Bogey when he Bronco, starts yipping, where's that buddy cop he's show? Like a, he's like a car alarm, or he's like the lookout for another dog walking by. Because yep. if he barks, Bogey doesn't even need to know the other dog's coming. He knows because Bronco told him. Sure. And he's up on the couch, and they're just yelping back at each other. And then the dog walking by starts barking, and the next thing I know, I got 10 minutes of barking in front of me. Millie right. today came out to me at the table and literally looked at me like, can you shut that fucking dog up? Yeah. Like, like no tail wag, no please. anything. Just looked at me and like looked in the direction of where the noise was coming from and then looked back at me and just put her head down <clears throat> and walked back into the bedroom. Right. I'm like, oh God, you have to listen to this all yeah, day, every day. fucking kidding with this guy over right? here? Right, this fucking guy. <laughs> can you believe but it? that's it. It's, I think it's also because I'm like, if a dog, if, if an animal just has been bred to exist only in the confines of somebody's house. And like, I mean, this thing is honestly could maybe fit in my hand on like a, a big grab. You're giving me some of mice and men vibes right now. Yeah. <laughs> you just held your hand up. Yeah. Hey buddy. Whoa. <laughs> I just, uh, like it starts at like four 30 or five in the morning. And I mean, when I get home from the podcast, It'll be in the window, just losing. Just staring at you. No, just barking. <laughs> fucking incessantly. hate in its eyes. Like it stopped the whole time you were gone, but then it sees you. He's like, as soon as I up? pull up, nurp, nurp, nurp. Hey, f- hey, watch this. Fuck this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's me again. It is you again. All right. Uh, so, gentlemen, uh, we all enjoy traveling and kind of trying to find new things and getting the vibe of different places that we are. Have you traveled anywhere that had a scene in any sense of that word that really surprised you? Mm. And you could say disappointed you too, but just anywhere that you've been where you maybe weren't planning on falling in love with X and then you saw it and you did. Wow, really good question. Let's have you surprised you go. I haven't traveled too much lately. It's been a... Well, we've been busy a little bit. Yeah. It's, a little busy. Uh, what the hell have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, if you want to think about it, too. Like, yeah, you know, we can think about it. Yeah, give me a minute. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, know around, but. I, um, you know what surprised me? And I think um, when I went there, it, 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 it's a big city. And uh, I used to live in the state, but I'd never been to that city. Well, San Francisco. And, you know, you have like these pre preconceived ideas of what the city is going to be like. And, you know, oh, it's this massive city. It's in California. Um, you know, it's going to be pretentious and blah, 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 blah. You have these preconceived ideas, right? And then I went there and I fell in love with like the, how, although it's huge, like there's pockets of San Francisco that are so like uh, cute, quaint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, romantic that that you don't get that that you don't get like the L.A.s of the world or um, especially the New York's of the world. Like there's some quaintness to San Francisco that I didn't know existed. Yeah. Um, and when you find God, I just fell in love with it. Mm. Sausalito, man, are you telling like I'd live there in a heartbeat. Sure. If I could afford it. I was going to say yeah. if someone was paying for my, right. my yeah. mortgage. It's like but Sausalito was so fantastic. Like that was just, I fell in love with it. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Like just everything in general, or was it like the food that drew you in or the architecture or, um, you know, well, the, the food was, uh, was great, sure. but I think it was more just the, the topography of the city and how it like wrapped around that part mm-hmm. of the bay. Oh, sure. Um, and it wasn't just, uh, it, 
it wasn't just one like in, like I lived in San Diego for years and San Diego's gorgeous right it's beautiful but it's just it's one level you know right. you there's there's a little bit of a hill but that's it with San Francisco, there's so many undulations mm. in that in that topography like the way that they built that city around the bay was it was really awesome to like um, see the different levels of 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 the buildings the the architecture how it's so stacked on top of each other but so beautiful like I was really impressed with it that I didn't think I would be. You're also super close to like the Muir Woods and a lot of cool forestry. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like you're not that far away from you know, you cross the bridge and you're in the Muir Woods and then you roll down the window and it smells like the freshest forest air you've mm-hmm. ever smelt in your life. Yeah. Like a little sea water drizzled yeah, over the top right. of it. And there's yeah, there's just a wild variation of environments contained in that environment. Cause you got um, Chinatown and then like, you know, the main thoroughfare of the city and then you got the bridge and everything around it and the painted ladies and then the the woods right across the bridge. Yeah, San Francisco is super dope. Area. Yeah, really cool. Charles, what about you? I'm going to say another gigantic city, the biggest one in North America, in fact, uh, Mexico City. So I didn't really have, here's here's how, how like head in the clouds I was, pun intended, when I went there, I didn't realize the elevation was what it was and I struggled with it. But I also didn't know a lot about sort of how detached from not just the rest of Mexico that Mexico City is, but from the rest of North America. Sure. They clearly have no pretense about the way that we do things. They don't care. Almost no one there speaks English. Like it's such a low quantity that you would think for a city of that size, the number of people who speak English. Like when we went to Puerto Rico, everybody speaks English. Mexico City, almost nobody um, that I encountered spoke English, which is great. I was, I actually appreciate that, but I, I guess I expected something else mm. with it being this massive New York like city, but they're just unencumbered by what anybody else is doing. And that was reflected in the food and beverage there. Like the most impressive cocktail city that I've encountered in the last decade, the food scene is absolutely spellbinding. Lots of restaurants who would probably be awarded stars if Michelin actually traveled to Mexico City. And but, how clean that place is. Oh, my God. Yeah, so for the clean. size of it and how congested it is and, like, you know, end-to-end businesses. If you're in a cab or an Uber or a car, just any any vehicle traveling at a high rate of speed, it's just business, 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 business. There's, like, so many businesses. And so just looking at the congestion of the number of businesses and also the number of domiciles in which people reside, the fact that it's so fucking clean, everything's clean. Like, if you see a dog turd, it sticks out like a sore thumb because you're like, whoa, someone's dog shit and they didn't pick it up because <laughs> that city is incredibly clean. But also, yeah, just the fact that they have their own food and beverage scene yeah. where a lot of cities, of course, in, in the rest of North America, particularly in the United States, you see that there's sort of this also ran affliction depending on the size of the market. But outside of our major, major cities, you do see a lot of like cities that are doing things that have already been done in like a Chicago or New York or a San Francisco or Los Angeles, those types of things. But there it's almost like they have the same flavors we have, but they don't try to do what we've done. Their menus don't have old fashions on them, right? But that's what's so cool is you're seeing their interpretations of many of the same ingredients that we're using um, in the you know U.S. lower 48, but they're just uh, supplementing those ingredients in an entirely different way than we are, and it's it just opens up this entire new universe. That's amazing. Yeah, I have to city's know. beautiful. Yeah, it's a uh, it's great. 
I've, I've been there a couple times, and uh, it just it, it always surprised me the the people there just so kind, so friendly. Yeah, yeah they might not speak English, but they they're still sure. there to to help you out. And it, right. it was just a. Food well, my wife speaks Spanish, so it's not like it was a problem for me. It's just, I was yeah. <laughs> I was a little surprised, like, whoa, no one here, you know. Is maybe that is being like a a dumb shitty American to be like, oh, no one. I I wasn't like, why doesn't anyone speak English? Yeah, but I was I was a little surprised. I thought more people here would speak English. Sure, they speak more people in Santiago, Chile, speak English than in Mexico City. I didn't necessarily expect that. Hmm. Uh, Jeff, what about you? Does that? Yeah, so spark I mean, anything? Yes, um, I mean, as I have been traveling more for work than anything in the last couple few years, is uh, someone somewhere that I've gone to a few times now that has has surprised me is is Louisville, Kentucky, and that surrounding area. I mean, the the history of the the the, the whiskey that's just a, a very thin layer of of that onion of the city. I mean, the food is is amazing, hospitality is great, um, but yeah, just so much history um, from the Brown Hotel to 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 the whiskey trail. I mean, it, uh, it, there's so much to do there. Uh, I can't wait to go back. Yeah. Silver dollar. Look out. It's on the, uh, that, that one's on the list. That was a COVID canceled this trip trip and it will get back on the board, but <clears throat> switching some things around in my life, it just made it a little bit more, yeah. more difficult to, to get there to at least justify heading there. But that's, that's, absolutely yeah, you don't have me. to go on the whiskey trail to, to see some amazing distilleries, rabbit holes no. right in town. Yeah. Um, uh, Copper and King for a brandy distillery. John yeah. Aaron, formerly of Crispin here mm-hmm. in Minnesota, um, is doing uh, amazing things with brandy and absinthe and and uh, his line of spirits out in right in the middle of, of Louisville. So I have a bottle of their absinthe in my cabinet at home. It's delightful. Copper and Kings? Yep. Copper yeah, I have Kings, a yeah. bottle actually of their chocolate liqueur to there try and experiment <laughs> with to make <laughs> a mess nice. of chocolate. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yep. Cool. Uh, so mine is uh, a little bit different, but kind of in the same vein, I guess. Um, I did the anti-Vegas Vegas trip a year and a half ago, mm. and I still think about how wonderful that was. Mm. All my years in, in nightclubs and DJing, all of my Vegas existence was on this trip. Right. And it was great being able to come in and out of clubs. Most and, people, right? Yeah. Like, who visit Vegas yeah. and on the strip. And you know, I've gone to Fremont before. I've gone to Old Vegas, and that's super fun, too. And I still mm. did that for one night um, this last trip out there. But um, I have two friends that moved out there. And I stayed with them and asked them to show me their world because uh, neither one of them are in the service industry at all. And what we ended up doing was going to a bunch of amazing restaurants and bars that were all like nothing hoity-toity, nothing fancy. They were amazing dive bars and really kick-ass, like one plastic menu, but some of the best food. You know, I had, I had of the four fish tacos I had, two of them were in my top five ever. Um, we had incredible pizza. I had incredible vegan food. We drank shitty ass cold high lifes and played video poker. Like that was where I, the first time out of nine trips, 10 trips to Vegas, that was the first time that I actually understood what the draw is for people to live there. And it was like, it was everything that I love about dive bar communities and every other city I've gone to. But I just had never, nobody had ever taken me outside of the bubble mm-hmm. to go do that. And I still, like, every time I have friends that go out there now, when they ask me where to go, I don't say anything on the strip. I only say bars and restaurants that I went to on that trip. Yeah. And the people, some people don't ever take me up on it because they don't want to leave the strip. That's fine. But the people that do, every single time will send me a selfie or an incredibly kind text being like, I never knew that a place like this existed. This is what I needed. 
You know, like I'm all for the pomp and circumstance, but that ain't, that's not a whole trip to me anymore. Like I'll go dabble in it for one night and remember what it used to be like, but fuck, I don't want to have anything to do with that world now. I don't want to worry about if I'm wearing the right shirt or the right shoes to get in somewhere. (laughs) I want to know, is the beer cold? And is there something fried or baked that I can eat? <laughs> That's, and then we're good. Yeah, I'm going to need that list from you. I Absolutely. Going to Vegas and the, for, for a pizza expo. And, uh, that's my, my nice. goal, my hope. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be some need to get off the strip. There's I will, I will actually send yeah. you to one of my favorite pizza places, which is also one of my favorite dive bars. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, Marnie's got friends who are in Cirque. So when we were there for that um, Valentine's Day in question, which is the last time we were there, it was about four years ago. Uh, they took us around to some places like in the art district that we checked out. And then I believe actually I had looked up some cocktail bars and that's how we went to Jammy Land, which is mm-hmm. a place I recommend to everybody who goes to Vegas. It's in the art district by the, which is near the, the old strip. But uh, it's this really dope Jamaican bar with like 24 or 48 hour smoked jerk wings, which reignited my like passion for jerk and made me like make my own like really complicated jerk and the cocktails are fucking fantastic so yeah there's plenty to see mm-hmm. it's just outside of the strip but i will say i don't begrudge anybody who spends all their time in the strip especially if they haven't been to vegas in a long time because there's a lot to do there yeah there's and a it's, fucking lot yeah. to do and it's there. only getting crazier for sure like that yeah. i don't know if anybody's looked at it but it's the, an amusement park for yeah full well and the, the music venue that they're building dinos there, holy fuck like it's gonna be like a complete sphere and you Where have the whole located uh it's just off the strip like just if you're coming in from the stratosphere side, mm-hmm. it's at the end of that strip, and like between the palms and the strip. Yeah. Okay. And uh, but off a few blocks, it's not actually Got on it. that strip because they had they, it's a whole new build and they had to build parking for it and all that. But the way that the guy described it to me was, it's you know the, the seats will go all the way up, almost in like an amphitheater style. Then you got the stage kind of down at the bottom, but then they're going to have live cameras the whole time that will then also just project the whole show on the ceiling. So you can see it from the So ceiling. if you're way in the back, oh. you can just lean back in your chair and you can watch like a 270 degree view oh, wow. of the band live down there, which to me now is a mind fuck thinking about being on stage and like looking up and seeing like an upside down version of you <laughs> yeah. on the ceiling. All of that is crazy. So I need to like, I need to see it in action first, but I'm fascinated by that. And it's like every year there's something else new like that that's happening. Right. And all of that, I, I agree with you, Charles. restaurant tour opens, like, four restaurants at the same yeah. time. David Chang, here, I'm going to open four new restaurants. Yeah. And they're all going to be, like, staffed with, like, amazing, like... Yeah, and they're actually legit. Yeah. That was one of the things that I really sought to discover on that trip with Marnie, because I hadn't been to Vegas for so long, is, all right, is Atelier Robichon the legit, genuine article? Is the new, um, not Momofuku, but... Is his other major domo is the major domo really major domo? And they are yeah. like a lot of attention goes into that. It's really important that they that they get those things right. Yeah, I just I I never believed. I always thought that like the off strip stuff was people just being like, well, no, I just I don't live there all the time. Like, okay, cool. But actually going to see that, I just felt way more at home, which is usually how it is when I travel places. When you find the bar that the bartenders hang out at, yep. you know, when you find the, the after work spot oh, that yeah. all the servers go and they get cut or all the line cooks go, that's where you really feel like you get to know a city. And I guess I always thought that they were just speakeasies hidden around the strip. Everybody just fucks off and gets out of there and they all go to these other bars. And that, like, I was so enamored. The bartenders were like perfect mix of like sarcastic and like really kind 
like, again, all the food was super affordable. You know, everything that you hear about Vegas is crazy expensive. But right. Again, if you're paying resort and hotel prices, sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. The rest of that, yeah. No. $40 egg bombs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> $62 vodka rebel. Yeah. Right. I remember I was uh, Third Street, uh, Third Street Dive in, in Louisville. I mean, they were, you had your whiskey selection and they were all four or five, $6. Yeah. Shit, yeah. Wow. Pours and yeah. It was amazing. It's like a, like, drinking wine when you're in france yeah. you're like this is what it's supposed to be <laughs> also i mean mexico city everything there except wine that's been imported is yeah. way cheaper than it is here so all of those super dope cocktail bars those are all nine dollar cocktails all right that's a little different than new york city right now. yeah a little bit just uh, just barely just a little bit just barely um how, how is everybody doing? I just actually finished mine. I'll show off your carriage. Am I ready to do another one? I mean, do you feel like it? Are, yeah, I mean, are you? Yeah, look at me. You got your energy back from all no, those, I'm good. From the power my, of carrots? I got my breath back. Yeah. I'm good. If you finish your vegetables, you can have another cocktail. I cut up some peanut butter sandwiches <laughs> and sliced up some carrots. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to just ask the question. I think we're all paying attention. So when you gentlemen were younger, what's something that made you think someone or like a family or a friend was rich or classy that perhaps might seem ridiculous now. Because everyone's got that when you're a kid, like something that you oh, thought yeah. made people seem classy or affluent or, or wealthy. <laughs> um, wow. Oh, there's so many. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my God. I mean, Sometimes it takes a minute to arrive there. Do you want to think about it? <laughs> I need a minute. There's, okay. He's a few uh, kind of... Old memories that are yeah. popping up. A lot of it had to deal with like ski trips and stuff. For yeah, some for right. some reason, like <laughs> any family that got out to the mountains, you yeah. know, it was just like. Right. And honestly, you know, I ended up living out in Colorado and in Tahoe area in California. And yeah, it's it's one or two things. You're either living on that mountain and you are rich as fuck, or you're just a, a lifty having some fun going to the dive bars in town. It's. Um, the whole the whole mountain scene to me was always this big magical thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Families who went that on my ski family trips. wasn't. Yeah, we we weren't doing that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Can I can I ask for a term clarification? What's a lifty? Uh, like a like a like a lift operator. So oh. so uh, you know. So I mean, that's the carny like, version of like. Yeah, it's like you you're, you're working on the on the on the mountain. It's. You're you're generally doing some sort of just like hourly lift, sure job. Mm. You Make, know? Makes sense. I I I just had never heard that term. Lefty. I like it. No, I lefty. didn't know it either. Yeah. <laughs> fucking lefty. Fucking lefty. I got that's just a fun, really bad yeah. when you say it. Like yeah, that. it does. But it's <laughs> it a, is fucking lefty. I swear it's it's not derogatory. It's just a you yeah. know a lift yeah. uh, chair operator. No. You're just no, a lefty. <laughs> Oh man, that's great. Oh, that's yeah. good. Also, sounds like a, like a charming way that they would refer to like shoplifting in the early 1900s in the right. UK. Yeah. Like, oh, he's a bit of a lifty. Yeah. <laughs> Nail the stuff down. Thomas is yeah. here. <laughs> man, I uh, I had a friend who had an uncle who lived in an apartment that had a pool, and that was definitely. Ooh. I, I thought he had to be incredibly rich because we yeah. could just go to his house and go swimming. To the, like, semi-public pool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, now as an adult, I drive past the apartment that he lived in, and I have now realized that uh, that wasn't the apartment's pool. 
that was the motel next door's pool. Yes. And he would just walk over and pull the lock up. Yeah. And then we would go through and we would go swimming. What a lifty. What a lifty. He was just lifting left and right. Lifted the lock, you know? Uh, I definitely, I I, I always thought he had to be rich to have a pool. And it never occurred to me that we were 100% just like, Jumping into the, the motels pool. Yeah, lawn furniture is, uh, for living room furniture ass. was yeah. uh, not a giveaway. <laughs> yeah. And, the, dude, the fun you would bring to the pool. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, we just, all right, kids, take your dinner chairs. We're yeah. heading out of the pool. Right. Uh, and then uh, a guy who was very instrumental in uh, me turning out whatever shred of a decent human being I am now, uh, one of my mom's sort of uh, political mentors was a guy named David Hoyam. And he, uh, he was one of those like back channel negotiators in the eighties and into the nineties in the Minnesota political scene. And, uh, I remember the first time, uh, I just, he was kind of a father figure for me and, and I, every now and then we would hang out and he was kind of trying to take me under his wing and we went to, I, I could be wrong on this, but I'm almost sure he took me to O'Gara's in St. Paul. Okay. And he was wearing a corduroy. What you believe to have been O'Gara's. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure, like, from okay. memory, it, like, every time I think about it, it looks like what O'Gara's looked like, and it, that would yeah. make sense because we were at the Capitol. And uh, I'm sure my mom had some lobbyist meeting that was going to be late that night, and so he took me there for dinner and then brought me home, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever. And I just remember he was in a, he was in a, I think it was a brown corduroy jacket, and he pulled out this pack of camel straights. And he pulled one single cigarette out and he like packed it on his hand while he was talking to me. And then he lit it. And as he like ashed it for the first time, like two businessmen or politicians, I don't know, in beautiful suits came up and like greeted him. And he like stood up and said hello and then just sat back down. They're like, it's really good to see you. And they walked on. And I thought, oh my God, this guy's like a mafia Don. (laughs) And in all reality, he was just like a friendly face that probably helped them get something passed. And they were just like state politicians. Right. They weren't. But in my brain, you know, all I had was like movies to go off of. And the only people that get greeted like that are like made men in the mafia and shit, you know? And, in his nice suit with a cigarette. Yeah, and and I mean, <laughs> he, cigarette make he it mafioso. <laughs> confidently smoked at least half a pack of Camel Straits while we had dinner, and then he brought me home and finished the rest of the cigarettes on the way home. I'm sure. Yeah. Like that was, I mean, I guarantee you, he was a two to three pack a day smoker. But it was, I just, <laughs> I remember thinking that this is the coolest, richest man that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And he like he lived in like a small house in St. Francis and had two poodles. <laughs> like, it's funny how yeah. different someone smoking a cigarette in a suit is versus someone smoking a cigarette in basketball shorts. Yes, right? Right. absolutely, yeah. it's a little yeah. different. Absolutely, it's way more sophisticated. Yeah, right. but it was even the fact Class that like up the smoke. You know, right. like my my dad smoked cigarettes. It was there was something even cooler about the fact that it was like a straight. Like I didn't know exactly what that meant, but I knew that there wasn't a filter and I knew that it was open on both ends. So that seemed extra bougie for me too. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. I was hardcore. like 10 or 11. Yeah, that's hardcore. Oh, hardcore. super hardcore. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was, those were like the two. And it's just so funny. Like when you actually grow up and you're like, that was, what? Those were the things that I noticed. Yeah. Like I went to, I had a friend who had like a huge house in South Minneapolis and that never, ever seemed like, bougie or super wealthy to me because it was just a really comfy house to be in. Yeah. You know, they, they had, right. but I'm sure that was worth more than any house I was in outside of that my entire childhood. <laughs> I yeah. thought uh, Swisher Suites were, were, 
you know, yeah. 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 yeah, like being young, it's like that was the cigars. Like, oh, cigars are nicer than cigarettes, and the, you know, the wood tip gives it a really nice look. And, yeah, uh, you and know, they who would have thought nice? that I was rolling, you know, blunts with them <laughs> ten years later? Well, you know, these are the cheap cigars, but yeah, the, the Swisher Sweets back in the Absolutely. day in elementary school. That would, wood tip just made, made it. Wow, made it interesting. Super classy. Same with black and yeah. cigars. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, boys? Oh, uh, me. Uh, I, f- I remember uh, my childhood friend, Steve Shelberg. Um, friend of the podcast. Would go, f- probably a future friend of the podcast. <laughs> there it is. Uh, I would go over to his house, and he had a VCR. Mm. And, Ooh. yeah, I mean, I was like, oh, this guy must be rich. He's got a VCR. We can go, like, rent videos and watch, like, anything we want, anytime. Like, and and he, Steve, did, Steve was one of those, didn't have a curfew. I had a curfew. Um didn't need to like tell his mom and dad that he was gonna go ride his bike down. That, that like I had to do that. Like cool parents, right? He had the, he had like the cool parents, and he had the VCR, and, and I was like, oh, this guy's this guy's family's rich, all because he could like ride his bike anywhere he wanted to, yeah, yeah. Right. and we could go rent movies and watch them whenever we wanted to. Oh man. Like a laser disc too. <laughs> well, that was way disc. that was yeah. But I'm yeah. just saying, when I saw laser disc for the first time, I was like, watch. What is this? Yeah. What is this? Look at this giant. I, I, I will admit, I felt the same way. The first person I knew that had a, a laser disc player, but it was my uncle Jim and him and my aunt Deb were incredibly wealthy. So that I had, I had actually yeah. grasped so that. It made the connection. Yeah, it made it seem like something for the wealthy. Yeah, we watched. Uh, what was that? Um, Ed Ed O'Neill movie, the The Abyss. Oh, okay. The Undersea, where it was the the, the creatures like they had. It was like the the T one thousand. Like the metal thing from Terminator yeah. Two, they did yeah. that with water, and it was like the most groundbreaking effects of all time. If you watch it now, it's uh, yeah, it's you're terrible. watching. Oh, the magic's yeah. gone. You're watching it 480i too, and you're like, "Whoa, look at this!" On an old tube TV, yeah, like, oh, on a disc that's like a dinner plate. Yeah, it was the yeah, yeah it was the old. Um, it was the the Please switch to disc three. The like, big screen. How many, disc, how many discs is this? <laughs> it was the big screen that had the projector in the back. Oh yeah, so it was like massive. And it weighed like a hundred million pounds. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and it just kicked out heat like nobody's business. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. What about you, Charles? I'll go with like the when you were in when you were a kid and you were in school and what like the other kids had that made me feel uh, insufficient. And it was two things. When I was junior high age. Shoes. One for each one. The pumps. Yeah. The Reebok pumps. I was saying, it's got to be a shoe because I was there too. Everyone had the Reebok pumps except me. I had, so what I had, and (laughs) my dumb ass tried to fool uh, my teammates on my basketball team. I had these Asics with like a puffy tongue on them. And I'd be like, these are pumps too, man. It's just, you know, don't touch them though. But these are, (laughs) these are also, yeah. But I pretended they were pumps, and they clearly weren't pumps. Someone who probably went to, to middle school with me is listening to this now. I was like, we knew, dude. And then the other thing was uh, Jabos, future friends of the past friends of the podcast, perhaps. And then everyone had Jabos. Like, that was, oh, if, you were, if you were a baller and you were 13 oh, years old, you had Jabos, and I didn't have Jabos. Wow. That little, like, a tag. Little tag. Yeah, a little tag. Yeah. Jabos. Everyone wanted Jabos. I think my brother ended up getting a pair from his godmother or something. And I was like, damn, I need to get me some Jabos. But my godmother got me some some Nikes. So I had some, I did get nice basketball shoes. CB34s, Charles Barkley, Ooh. what's up? But I never got my Jabos. So I had like. Those the, Reebok pumps are terrible. I had like the <laughs> Kmart Levi's or whatever, you know. 
are terrible. They're terrible. I, <laughs> I did like a, I, I admit the, the, the Jabos were my attempt at pretending like we had money in our family. My, uh, well, my, yeah, because these are the things you realize when you grow up are not that big of a deal. Correct. Like Jabos were not a big deal. You could no. actually find them at discount stores. Yeah. Just, for some reason, 90s kids, if they had Jabos, they were like, Check it out. Yep. Got some Jabos. <laughs> Crossbred. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's not so Gucci. My birthday is in August. And so my, uh, my paternal grandfather and step-grandmother would get me a gift certificate to Dayton's because that was my, my birthday present from them was back to school clothes. So I could buy yeah. a back to school outfit. And those couple of years that Jabos were the greatest, <laughs> yeah. if I did it right, I could get two pair for that gift certificate. So I had like maroon army green, blue jeans, black, and like Wow, humble cream. brag. All right. Yeah. Wow. Cool. No, that's a full-on brag. Real cool, man. That was, it was a jam. <laughs> <laughs> and then a bully. Wait, were Jamal's popular for two years? I, yeah. I mean, at least in, in my neighborhood, they were. Just when you're a kid, everything feels like 50 years, but it's one summer. Like one summer feels like a lifetime. When well, you're oh, yeah. I mean, it, it took me two, 90s, two yeah. full so years to build that collection up. So there was at least two years of re- relevancy there. Probably why I'm still in denial about the fact that Saved by the Bell was not 33 seasons. Yeah, it's like three. Uh, yeah, I thought you I thought you were lying when you said it on the podcast the first time. I was like, shut up, you're a liar. And you're like, no, it's three seasons. I'm like, including the college years? And you're like, no, but like, no, but it, was, doesn't count it was three anywhere. seasons. I'm, I'm, I'm stretching to cover the, the Hawaii episodes. Yeah, right. That's no, crazy. <laughs> you don't realize that it was that brief. Yeah. But Leah Remini, she was the biggest crush I had on that show. And she was uh, just on for those episodes. So let me just tell you. There you go. Shout out to Leah Remini, future guest of the podcast. Future guest of the podcast. <laughs> and I don't know if Scientologists would come on our program. She's not anymore, though. She went oh, clear. Really? She's, uh, she's got no more Thetans. She's been the one. <laughs> however, it works. She's been the one producing all the anti-Scientology uh, oh, documentaries. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know who's a Scientologist now, guys? Uh-oh. Hulk Hogan. Well, oh, allegedly Hulk Hogan is now a Scientologist. Let me tell you, brother. Yep. <laughs> Tired all these Thetans, brother. Put the Thetans in a chokehold, brother. Wait, are they good or bad? I don't I don't even know. Fuck it. Let's not talk about But what are we going to do <laughs> when Lord Xenon runs wild over you? Oh, God. God. How? how? Xenu? Xenu. Xenu. It's best know. to not, it's best just not to wonder why, how. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. But I can't stop. Well, he's hanging out with Tom Cruise. That's probably a real funny photo when I see it. Yes. Because Tom Cruise is like 5'1". And Hogan's, Hogan's like 6'8". He's twins. Hogan's probably like 6'5 now because his body's a little janky. I will tell you, that's, a, way bigger than that's a Freaky Friday movie I would watch, though. If Tom Cruise okay. had to act like Hulk Hogan for most of the movie. Scientology Freaky Friday. <laughs> yes. They'll make their own version. And Hulk Hogan had to act like Tom Cruise. I would 100% Hulk watch Hogan that. is the biggest human being I've ever seen in my own personal. Like, I, I met yeah. him. I got an autographed poster of Hulk Hogan when I was like 10 uh, at a car dealership that he was doing mm-hmm. autographs. And uh, he was, and I was, I was 10. I was small but Which he made him was seem double in size but he was the largest human being i've ever seen in my life 26 inch massive yeah that was, like, was at the height of his like that was at the height of his like popularity right. like he was he was, was right Old after rocky three yeah. and his size too that's yeah. probably when he was just it was like, right after rocky three when he was thunderlips because the poster i had was him as thunderlips oh that's awesome yeah. that's a great that's poster awesome. yeah holy shit super cool yeah the big big show and, and probably before shaquille o'neal are tied for me and i was an adult I was six foot five, and I still felt like a child. Wait, Big Show and who? And Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq, okay. Shaq, I think never. Big Show is physically bigger because he's like bulkier. Yeah, but my neck felt weirder talking to Shaq. 
because sure. I was basically looking straight up because we were in a pretty crowded. I believe room. Shaq is slightly taller than Big Show. Yeah, Big it Show felt is, that way. Is Shaq but, like what seven four? Yeah, that's what he says. And Big Show is seven foot, seven foot one, whatever he says. Yeah, I think but because one. he's like bigger, it's it seems like it, he's not as tall. Room, so he's just like yeah, he's massive. just fucking massive. Mm-hmm, but yeah. he he put his arm around me and kind of put me in like a little headlock. Was it like before he got around. in shape? Because he was even bigger then. <laughs> It was like, yeah. He got into pretty good shape where he, was, he slimmed down. He was thinner. He, he okay. didn't look like we okay. were worried about his health. But the way that he just effortlessly like, like put me in a headlock and did this, like, I don't, no one can do that. It's a very <laughs> jarring feeling for me. <laughs> did you giggle? I know what we all feel like, Ben. Did yeah. you giggle? <laughs> yes, absolutely you I did. Okay. You have to giggle. Yeah. You know? like, like, Big show put you in a headlock. How else do you <laughs> react to that? I was just like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, cheers. What are we drinking? Oh, you want me? Oh, yeah. yeah. So this is called the Livin. This is a drink again off of our menu. This is a vodka-based drink with mango, peach, lime elixir, and cayenne. And then Mm. there's a cannabis extract only. Mm. It's not. There's no THC. There's no CBD. Like terpenes. Flavor. Yeah, actually, it's uh, something Jeff could probably talk a little bit more about. Um, When it it comes from, it comes from the drinks apothecary part of our business where it's all natural extracts. So we take a bunch of extracts and blend it to give the aroma and the flavor of cannabis. That's, yes. I, that was what I couldn't put really my finger good. on. And the that's essence, the flavor, yes. Yeah, that's great. Mm, I haven't had this. Marnie had this one the last time we were in, but that's really good, and I love the little hit of heat. This is the drink that's served in a red Solo cup at the, yeah. at the restaurant. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. We had somebody in our party get it, but I didn't. I don't even know if I tried it. Although now that I see it in a dino cup, I might have to change. Yeah. No, oh, not a yeah. dino cup. For I might real. have to change the cup. Not a bad plan. Ain't nobody bad about no dino With cup. the lid and straw. Yes. Cute. Quam? <laughs> uh, Yeah. Cheers. Did we cheers? We cheers. cheers I'm cheersing cheers. again. Cheers. Cheers, 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 again. cheers everybody. Cheers. Oh, actually, I think it's you again. No, it's uh-uh. me. No, number five. Right? Uh, do you have a movie or show that you think actually gets uh, gets better drinking? Oh, wait, sorry. That gets... There we go. <laughs> Let's do this again. That's why. <laughs> have you seen a show, a movie, even a play that gets what happens in a bar or what happens in a restaurant correct. It could be back house. It could be front of house. It could be just people getting drunk together. It could be anything. I always feel like 90% to 95% of movies completely fuck up. It's like they've never, ever had a drink before. They've never been to a bar before. They couldn't possibly be troubled to talk to anyone in the industry to try and figure that out. Like, or like when they do sports movies and they have to cut immediately after somebody like takes a, a shot with a basketball or throws a football. Cause we all know there's no way that that ball's going more than two feet <laughs> right. in front of them. Right. <laughs> um, movie or TV show. Anything. Just anything. do you yeah. feel like there's any art that gets it right? Anyone where, you it's know, like, I, I will say this. Um, and it has nothing to do really with drinking, but it has a lot to do with, the life of is mm. the show the bear. I don't know if you all watched it. It's amazing. They uh, they they nailed the back of the house like oh, the anxiety. Oh, dude! <laughs> there's a couple episodes in there. Like I had to like stop and oh, yeah. walk away because I like the scene when the printer's going just crazy. Oh I was like ah, yeah. and uh, but yeah. um, I think more importantly about that, and I think a little bit deeper is. It gets into the psyche 
and the, um, the, the mental health aspect of people in the industry, whether you're front or back of the house. Um, this obviously focused on the back of the house, but like that, um, that highlight that like they pretty, it was frighteningly realistic. Um, when I was watching that, like there's a lot of things in that, in that, in that series of, of shows where, you know, if you've ever worked in industry for us, any kind of amount of time you can connect with and you can relate to. Uh, so I think that, I think they did, whoever did that, I think they clearly spent some time yeah. uh, in the industry a little bit. Well, I got to give credit to Maddie Matheson, who is like the fix it guy in the restaurant. He's, he's sort of the culinary, yeah. uh, the consultant, the consultant. Did yeah. he consult yeah. on the show? Yeah. So okay, he yeah. said he would, I didn't know that. I read an interview with sense, him right? and what he said was he agreed to be the consultant on the show. If he could play anything other than a chef on the show. So they created that they created that character for him, so he could do something besides. <laughs> he's so great. He's a complete fuck he's up on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a lot of fun. <laughs> and, and honestly, it was a great gamble for that role because it shows how quirky and fun he is outside of like having to just do a, like a food yeah. show. Like he's just an engaging human being that I think is hilarious. Yeah, future guest of the show. Yeah, I mean, clearly, uh, a future friend of the podcast. Yeah, future friend of the podcast, <laughs> Maddie Matheson. Love you. Uh, Jeff Erkula, what do you think? You know, I can't say that there's anything I can think of that that uh, that really paints a good picture or or a, a a solid dramatization. Even it's pretty much just garbage. Yeah. You know, like I might think it's funny. You're, you know, you're always sunny in Philadelphia is is absolutely hilarious. They're not nailing any sort of you know real bar scene, but it's it's a hilarious show. It's such a good uh, show. You know, I, I uh, always said he reminds me of after hours when we would be counting tips, their ability to just constantly be the worst people to each other. Yeah. That reminds me a lot of those like late nights count money. Oh my God, for sure. <laughs> just saying the most offensive things you can to each other and knowing that it's all just for fun. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I, no, I can't. Yeah, we can't. I can't. No, no, I can't. No, no, I can't. Those, those conversations stay in memory and yeah. memory only. In memory only. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, but I can't say that I don't enjoy. I mean, I love watching the uh, the Netflix, uh, the uh, what are all the new ones? The uh, the pizza one that just came out with Ann. Oh, Cam was it the Chef's sure. Table? You know, the Chef's Table pizza? stuff. They, yeah. they very well shot. You know, they you know, brings a tear to my eye almost every time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, wonderfully produced programs. Yeah. Well, and again, digging into the humanity behind the people that are doing the thing yeah. is. I think it's always going to be rewarding to do that. Yeah. Charles, what about you? I want to shine a light on a program on HBO Max that I don't think enough people have watched, and I would like more people to watch it so that it gets renewed. I don't know if it's renewed, but the program Julia about Julia Child. Mm -hmm. So Julie and Julia, the film, was okay. Mm -hmm. uh, the TV show Julia is absolutely wonderful. Marnie and I binged the fuck out of it. It's got like, it's got like a... The, the cadence of the dialogue is like very playful mm. and really well done. The um, I don't know the name of the actress that played Julia, but she does a fantastic job. There's also like depictions of her husband, of James Beard. It's really cool that they did, you know, obviously um, 
dramatic production of uh, who James Beard was because people forgot mm-hmm. about James Beard being like a proud flamboyant gay man and like him gallivanting through town with Julia Child and going out dining with her and the actual recreations of restaurants that they dined at. And then for her purposes, the first season, which is the only season, uh, depicts her basically um, coming to fame and getting her TV show and how it was a struggle to even get on the air because the concept itself seemed ridiculous at the time um, for, you know, public television. And then all of the, the difficulties she went through to prove the value of what she was doing and uh, become sort of this like pioneering figure in that space um, in the world, really. And then you also see um, the creation of her dishes on the program. And you could tell that a lot of work went into oh, that's great. ensuring that there is some um, authenticity to her preparing dishes that she prepared in those episodes. So you can mirror it. Like Marnie and I actually afterwards went back and watched episodes that, are, you know, that you could find on YouTube of her preparing certain dishes because there were particular hallmark moments that occur on the program that happened on the show. So we were like, oh, let's look up the moment that she said this thing or did this thing on on one of the programs that she was uh, a guest on or on her own show. So that, I think, is a, a great example of something that's dramatized where they did a pretty faithful job in, in depicting um, something that actually happened. So in that instance, it's something that's historical, but they did such a fine job of it that it wasn't an eyesore like so many things historically, like Burnt, the movie Burnt. Oh my God. Like no one talks like that. Is that Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Catherine Zeta Jones. Oh, that was a rough one. That yeah. Was yeah. A rough I forced one. watching that whole. I don't oh, think I made it through that one. It's so bad. It, uh, it, it wasn't. I think they're getting better at like, yeah. they're getting better at doing movies about big deal chefs or TV shows about a big deal chefs. But for a while, they'd pick. You know the the actor du jour, and then the way they deliver lines like no one no one fucking talks like that. <laughs> Nobody talks like that. Oh, there's a there's another one. I had to look up the title of it. Um, Little Italy is uh, um, the dude that played Anakin Skywalker in the f- the prequels. Uh, oh, as a little kid, Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Hayden there Christian. you go. Okay. And then um, Emma Roberts and. If I remember the plot right, they're, t- they're, they're the children of two families that own competing pizza shops in Little Italy in New York. And mm. Hayden Christensen, like, never got out of New York. I'm just here doing my thing. And it's the worst accent you've ever heard. <laughs> and then Emma Roberts, like, went off to college and then came back and decided to, no more to, like, fam. I'm going to watch this. Yeah, like, I want to help with the family. <laughs> it is the fucking, it, is, it really might be the worst food movie I've ever seen. So bad life. it's bad. It's, mm. like... I laughed hysterically. I, I, yeah. There was a fair amount of marijuana in my system. Yeah. I laughed hysterically the entire time because they pulled in a bunch of like pretty decent, like older actors to be in their family. And you could just see everybody like, Hey, I'm just here to cash a check, you know, but uh, here's a slice. Bye. <laughs> Bada bing. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's, oh, it's every, like to the point where uh, one of my friends is of New York Italian descent and was like, the movie is so offensive that it has to have almost been made by Italians because only we would go that far with a joke. Oh my God. Like it's, oh God. It, I, to everybody out there, take an hour and a half out of your time and just watch what happens when Hollywood just wants to flush $10 million down a toilet. But just yeah. know you'll never get that hour and a half back nope. ever yep. nope. again. You will force joke yourself at the end. Yep. 
But as <laughs> as as we have determined, I will go being the trash panda of yeah, our yes. duo here. Uh, I will go to the ends of the earth for to finish a joke. And literally, once I saw the preview, I was like, I have to watch this. I got watch it. There's no way. The preview was mad enough that I bad enough that I just said, Oh fuck this. And I was like, I don't think I've ever like verbally reacted to a trailer before. I think I have to watch yeah. it. There we are. <laughs> have you seen the uh, the short, uh, the restaurant, older YouTube short? Yeah. The, the group out of Chicago. Multiple parts, like the yeah. improv guys. Dude, honestly, I was going to bring that up. Is close to a restaurant. I mean, you, Charles mentioned YouTube, and it's like, ah, YouTube. Mm. The, yeah. the shorts, uh-huh. the restaurant, uh, just absolute it's, genius. It's fucking it's gold. So, the pre-shift. Have you seen so the, funny. The pre-shift. The pre-shift they're, episode? They're stoned, and they're drunk, and he's like, you can't drink. You can't. What's it going to be? <laughs> <laughs> the, I, if I remember right, my, my favorite part, it's, it's like part five or part six. Part five? When the dude's like, when he's like, yeah, did you see that fucking douchebag in here wearing sunglasses in here at night? And like, yeah, he was blind. He was gluten free. <laughs> yeah, but he's gluten free. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. here. Oh my God. I almost died. I thought yeah. that that was You come in here with your pimp cane, your sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was blind, dude. Oh, that was, he yeah, was but he was gluten free. So. Oh, get the fuck out of here. That was I felt I felt as seen by those yep. shorts as I did the first time that I saw um the main dude in bear filling up a deli cup with water yeah. Yeah. and oh, drinking yeah. out of it. I'm like, Oh, you guys, you get it. Um, but the, 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 the and the blue tape, the blue, yeah. when he did the blue tape, yes, like yeah. cut that blue, cut tape. The blue tape. Oh, edges. Yeah. That was a very happy. Moment. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I was yeah. like, oh. Yes, they get it. That is, uh, <laughs> that is a scene as I have ever been. <laughs> the one, um, the one that I wanted to throw out there, I just rewatched it, uh, over the weekend is a Danish movie, which uh, in in Danish is called Druk, which is just drunk. And then uh, in America, it's called Another Round. It's uh, Mads Mikkelsen. And the first time I watched it, I was so moved by the plot that I kind of didn't pay attention. The whole movie is about drinking. So um, they're all teachers. And one of the guys, they all go out for dinner. They basically do this like yearly dinner, right? They all go out. And slowly, everybody sort of starts to admit that they're just not feeling happy with their lives and they don't know what to do. And with each one of them, it's a different reason. Like one person's marriage is going wrong. One person's kids are assholes. One person thinks he's going to get fired. Like everybody's just trying to figure it out. And uh, one, of the, one of the gentlemen reads this study and he brings it up at, at dinner. He's like, well, I was reading. There's this scientist that said we're actually operating when we're completely sober at a deficit. And really, like, the human brain would be the happiest at, like, 0.05 to 0.08. And they decide to, I think it starts at 0.05, and then they decide to ramp it up a little bit. But it starts as four friends, like, having fun. And they all work in the same, basically, high school. And so they're having fun, like, finding ways to, like, sneak drinks. And it turns out that with a couple drinks in them, they all are a lot more fun and like they're all having a good time and they actually like start to give a shit about some of the things going on in their world around them. And why I love the movie watching it again, knowing where the plot's going. So I don't have to really register all the dialogue. I could just kind of like sit back and watch everything. I don't know that I've seen a movie that gets drinking better than that movie because it starts out as really fun. And then they decide, well, if this is good, what if we double it? And so now they're like getting basically getting shit faced at work yeah. and you watch how quickly their relationships deteriorate 
and how quickly they start fucking up at work. And the, the first half of the movie, I was almost getting worried, like, holy shit, are we just putting a movie out that, like, everybody should just be drunk? <laughs> and then, then that's when it, it catches up. And that's when you see within control, of course, you can, have, you can have fun with this. But the last chunk of it is a reminder that this is, this is a dangerous chemical. This is something that we're putting in our system that we probably don't need to be putting in. And seeing how it, it flexes that way and then seeing how they kind of end it, it was honestly like I felt like you could take from 17 till this year and you could kind of just fit it into that movie it would just you know you'd stretch out some different parts but i've known all of those happy moments when they're having the greatest time i've known those moments when you're having a bad day at work and you sneak a quick shot and all of a sudden you're moving a little looser and you're having some fun and i've also i've i've known plenty of those moments where i'm honestly worried about someone's health someone's worried about my health what is going on, like <clears throat> going so hard into chasing that feeling that you leave other things behind. And then trying to figure out once you've gone too far, then do I have the ability to not do that again? Can I, can I just figure my own path out? <laughs> and it's wonderfully acted. Mads Mikkelsen, I think maybe he got nominated for some awards. I don't think he got nominated for an Oscar, but he is just absolutely electric as kind of the main character and the supporting cast is great. And it's the first time, like there's nothing I hate more than like when the movie character, the TV character gets drunk and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm fine. And then they have a cup of coffee and they're like, Oh, sorry about that. Anyway, where are yeah. we going? <laughs> you're like, none of this it doesn't work like that. You know, that's just not a thing. And, this movie, 100%. I felt like from start to finish, every interaction with alcohol was honest, both good and bad. Oh, thanks for letting me feel good about opening a distillery, man. <laughs> but again, it's just like everything. Like, it's within reason. With a very large non-alcoholic menu. Yes, so. yes. Yeah. Very true. You yes. Know, I, don't think, I don't think Chef Bamer is that revival telling everybody they should eat fried chicken seven days a week. But oh, it's, it's fun to do it when you go. That would be good to try. <laughs> Supersize me too. Can you imagine? Fried chicken boogaloo? Yeah, man, just. I mean, I feel like it would make me hate it. It would make me sad. Or you like you would fall down, skin your knee, and just like chicken grease would spill out of it instead of is, blood. Is blood supposed to be clear? <laughs> and super delicious? The skin you, on your knee looks like the chickens, the fried chicken skin. Mi like, Mr. Quam, can you stop <laughs> licking your clear blood? <laughs> no, it's too good. Do you guys have any mashed potatoes? <laughs> and a biscuit. I'm going to need a biscuit. Oh, my God. Oh, Little Italy. God, it's such a bad movie. You guys, I want you to watch it so bad. I'm watching I just it. want somebody else. Is it else. a Netflix thing or is it? I, what I, is it? It's streaming on one it's of them. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, that was uh, my wife has had four West Coast business trips since late last fall. So I've had a lot of time just me and the dog. And sometimes it's, I want to watch something really good that I know would probably bore her to tears. Yeah. And sometimes it's, I want to watch something so fucking bad. I don't want to admit it to anybody. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was it. And then it was so bad. I've been telling, I just want somebody else to watch it so we can talk about it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm I mean, on. I'm at a, I'm, I'm, I'm of age now where every minute. Oh yeah. I, uh, I, I can't just like waste. 
Well, you also have you have like you have things like uh, children, yeah. so uh, they require a little bit more. Uh, Actually, my kids are not so much kids anymore. Man. I know they're like yeah. their own adults now. It, going to see both of your daughters working, your both of your children working at the distillery, like. I don't feel old until I see things like that because yeah. in my brain, they are still, still two small children yeah. running around your legs, yep. you know, darting in and you out. You are not the first person that said that. Uh, 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 someone came in that hadn't seen Lucy or Stella for years and uh, they're asking, oh, how are the girls? I'm like, oh, the girls are big. I was, a matter of fact, there's one right there and, uh, you know, it's Lucy and she's 18 and she's, she's a young woman and, she, and this guy was like, that's Lucy? I go, yeah. They're like, oh, if I didn't feel old now or then, I sure do now. Like, it's, uh, yeah, they're not kids anymore. I mean, they're always be my kids, but they're not kids. I mean, they're full-on adults now. It's it's mortifying. Uh, twice, two times over guest Paul Hennessy on the show is a grandfather twice. Hey, Paulie, oh, two God. times. Paulie, two times. Oh. Yeah, uh, his, his eldest Aaron um, is, in my brain, is still a precocious five-year-old that I used to give a dollar to go punch strangers in the stomach. <laughs> and now she's a mother of two. Uh, she's wow. happily married. She's like, she's incredible. She's an adult. And it breaks my brain every time I see a picture of her. Cause I'm if, like, Nope. You're if Lucy and still listen to this. Don't you dare. <laughs> There's a slight age difference there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, that also, it affords me more time not having children. Like when, Nine o'clock hits. Even if my wife is home and she's in bed, she'll be in asleep in twenty minutes. Yeah, I usually have at least two hours before I go to bed. So, Quam well, is saying is us dinks have time to waste. Yes, <laughs> we got dual income, no kids, motherfucker, <laughs> dink life. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Those night, those pew, night pew. time hours. Oh, I hit the wrong one. I hit the crickets. Pew pew. <laughs> yeah, the crickets on the that house. dink life next on NPR. <laughs> That'll make sense when you hear the episode. <laughs> Well, shall we cheers to our final topic of conversation? Okay. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, fellas. Thanks again for joining cheers. us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. I got one more cocktail over there, guys. Well, yeah. Let's, well, I'm going to polish this off then, and we'll drink the yeah, last cocktail. Let's, but let's I will let's do that. tee up the final topic. Uh, Jeff, you know, you kind of touched on this a little bit with your answer about the uh, being younger, what made people seem richer affluent. Did you have a specific annual family vacation when you were a kid? And do you currently practice any such traditions with people close to you? Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, people could, could look at me the same way. We, uh, <clears throat> we went to a timeshare, the timeshare thing, you know? Like, yep. you look Quite at it now and you're thing. like, oh my, that is the dumbest move Where'd you go? Ever. Hold up, where'd you go? Um, started out going to Cancun, and this is Cancun <clears throat> pre-MTV. Um, yeah. This is this is uh, this is like basically the strip or whatever the hotel zone was yeah. maybe a half a dozen mm. big resorts and, and that wow. was it. Damn, it was uh, Cancun at the time. Oh yeah, mm. <laughs> uh, Playa del Carmen was a I nude beach. So much. And, Why? And Tulum was literally just a the ruins. Yeah, Tulum was, yeah, it was the ruins. The, the Tulum was just the ruins, yeah. and you know going to Chichen Itza and running up and down. We would go to Chichen Itza every year, and I would go up and down the. Um, up yeah. and down. No, you can't even touch that 90, shit. Yeah, can't even go up it. Um, so I, I feel good going up that wow. up and down those stairs at least a dozen times. Uh, jumping in the cenotes and taking the rivers and doing all that stuff. And that was the daily, you know, it was a timeshare. So it was 
basically two weeks every year from age 10 to 19. Wow. And then wow. um, as I got older, I started, started traveling around Mexico more and more. And now I've kind of settled on the Pacific side. Uh, Sayulita is kind of a second home to me. It's mm. just north of Puerto Vallarta and great little town. It's uh, it's a bustling town. There's there's a lot of culture, a lot of di- diversity, um, but there's nothing <coughs> commercial about it. You know, you don't have a McDonald's in there. You don't have a, a any sort of big box anything. It's all very sure. boutique and everything. So um, buddy, that's buddy been mine. my tradition as of now. It's, you know, I, I spend, I try to spend, you know, at least a month down there a year um, where I used to spend six months a year. But Sure. An old friend of mine does a concert down there in Sayulito every year. He's been doing it for like 20 years. And they just go down there and basically they spend an entire weekend just hanging out and drinking. Yeah. And then they do a, like a quick show during the day and then they do a full concert at night. Oh, that's awesome. And I've kind of wanted to go for so long and just hearing that reminds me. You let me know. I mean, I it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great spot. I, I love bringing people down there. I brought Gorski and Rogers down there, and we, we had a great time. It's in the fall. I'll look up the dates after the show is done, and, cool. and we'll yeah. just see if it might work. Yeah, I love that because it was something that it's almost same but different because you used to travel yeah, to absolutely. some of the more touristy areas. Well, that are now more touristy, but were less touristy when you were younger. Yeah. And then now you travel to you know, different parts as, as an adult. That's super cool. Like yeah. I, get. I feel for, I mean, my, my folks are very adventurous, I guess, uh, as far, I mean, they, they didn't want us to stay on the, on the strip. It was always, we're going into El Centro. We're going to try, you know, like the locals food, the locals, mm-hmm. um, ambiance, the, the atmosphere. So it was always going into markets and going into town. And, yeah. and it was never like, we never just sat at the resort and ate anything, you know, from there. It was, right. it was always getting out. So and it sounds like you've been all over Mexico. Yeah, you've yeah. Been to Guadalajara, Mexico City tequila, multiple times. Mexico City a few times. Along it's, the coastal towns. And, yeah. Cool. Yep, I, uh, I I missed a little opportunity to, to kind of travel around with some, some friends that were living down there, down in Oaxaca. But that that's obviously, you know, it's almost a joke now in the in the restaurant bar where I was like, oh, when are you going to Oaxaca? Um, yeah. Well, I'm going soon. <laughs> yeah, same. I, we almost did both Oaxaca and Mexico City on our last trip. I'm, I'm glad and we that's stuck why with Jesse brings plastic cups. I uh, I'm glad we stuck with just Mexico City because of me needing to acclimate. But then my next trip to Mexico yeah. will be to Oaxaca. And I don't care if it's cheesy. I'm really crushed that we. I just finally spent the last of my flight credits from our Oaxaca mm. trip from 2020, and the couple that we were going to go with is going this summer. And mm. we have we're taking our moms to Norway, and it's a month before they want to go, and there's yeah. just no way to. Like, I just can't swing that monetarily or vacation time. Sure. And it's just like, God damn it. Someday. So we'll someday. Get there. Yeah, we'll figure it we'll out. Get there. I just want to sip on, on mezcal and eat mole. And That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's done, son. <laughs> well, since uh, our in- incredible bar person is over here making us one last drink, uh, I'll just, I'll jump in. Uh, we didn't really have, aside from going to my father's parents' cabin, I didn't really have like a, a tradition place that we always traveled to, but um, I uh, we my mom and I used to travel every year on Thanksgiving because it was pretty mm-hmm. cheap and I was already out of school, and we it was just her and I, so it wasn't like there was a huge crew coming over or anything, and I loved it for a long time until like junior high into high school hit and like all I wanted was to kind of be normal and I'm already pretty not normal. But then people would ask, like, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? And I'm like, going to Georgia. 
And they're like, oh, why? I'm like, I don't know, because why not? And then I started like, you know, you watch all the TV shows and it's the family sitting around with a giant turkey and the big thing of mashed potatoes. So I was just like, all I want to do is be home for Thanksgiving. And now I have to be home because we do this whole big family thing. And now all I want to do is travel on Thanksgiving. Because <laughs> I loved the idea mm -hmm. of creating, because to me, Thanksgiving is taking a little time to just be thankful for what you have. Mm -hmm. And looking back on it, what I loved about all those trips was it was just me and my mom or when my stepdad came into the picture, he was there. And wherever we were, we like made it a thing. You know, we went to a restaurant or if we knew somebody in whatever town we were traveling to, you know, we'd, we'd eat with them. But that was, that was really great because it, it taught me something that I use all the time now as I travel that you can make anywhere home if you yep. make it feel warm and, and loving. And now I really want to try and do that, but we have two nephews and a niece and it's, you know, the whole family thing. And my, you know, my in-laws come back from Florida and they're up at, at the cabin and we do this whole spiel. It's great. I love Thanksgiving. It's, it's wonderful every year to sit with everybody and have fun, watch football. But I do feel like, man, youth is wasted on the youth. Like all those incredible trips that I took, and I, all I wanted to do was be home and have turkey and talk about it with my friends. Like, do the stovetop thing. We're like, what time's dinner? Five o'clock, cool. I'll be over then. Cool, what time are you making stovetop? Yeah, yeah. Like, we would, our friends, we would do that. We would go hit, like, all of each other's, everybody that called each other's parents mom and dad, like, you'd go hit them. Mm, it was great. Yep. Mm, exactly. <sighs> I make my own regular, like, scratch stuffing, and then I still make a thing of stovetop. I mean, stovetop. It's okay. its own food. It's the Nestle cookie of chocolate chips. I agree with you 100%. And I will Man. go to the ends of the earth with that, debating the, the quality of stovetop and Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesse, what about you? Uh, well, I'm going to say in the Thanksgiving theme, um, we've started a, a, tra a tradition that we haven't broken. Well, since Lucy's been one, she's 18 now, so it's been, Oof. I think this will be... This either was the 18th or this the next one will be the 18th year in a row we've done it, is we go bowling every Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, and we, we, without fail. It's, 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 uh, it's Tuttles. You know Tuttles? Oh, Heck yeah. In yeah. uh, Hopkins, and we always go there. And uh, I'm sorry, not Tuttles. Not Tuttles. Texatonka. Ooh. Oh, okay. Texatonka. Okay. Oh, my God. Good We're tradition. Bowling. Competing good. bowling alleys good. in close, close good. proximity. It's uh, real good. Uh, yeah, so Texatonka, we go there Riveting. every Thanksgiving. Um, usually uh, watch the first half of the first game. Do you game. ever bowl a turkey? No, we get, uh, <laughs> we get cheese pizzas. Gabble, gabble. Cheese pizzas, a bucket of Coronas, and some uh, pictures of uh, usually some cherry cherry. You know, a turkey is three strikes in a row, though. No, right? I know what turkey oh, okay, is. Okay, okay. I get it. <laughs> My joke fell on. Uh, by the way, I am, I, am, I am back to back <laughs> Thanksgiving Day champion, by the way. That's huge. Back to back. That's Wait, big. what's that? Yeah. Sorry? I am back to back uh, Thanksgiving Day bowling champion. Ooh, yeah. bragging back to back. Uh, But yeah, and then so, but to reel it back to my childhood is. My dad and my mom used to take me to uh, camping up in Sawbill, mm. northern Minnesota, yeah. up, up close to uh, where Gunflint Trailer. Yep, yeah. yep. And um, so when my girls got old enough, and I remember Sawbill, like some of my most fondest childhood memories were from that period—that camping, fishing, canoeing, you know, all that stuff, hiking. 
Um, so when my girls got old enough, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to do this, knowing that the girls will probably hate it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, and we ended up going to Sawbill. And for those of you who don't know, like Sawbill, like that's not like glamping. That is like, mm-hmm. that's hardcore. Like, that's real shit. That's real shit. That's real camping. Uh, no running water. No, like you're, you're, you're fending for yourself. Whatever you don't bring, good luck. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, sawbill sounds like if you got nothing in your wallet, but IOUs. Yeah. The sawbills in there, but <laughs> yeah. you don't got any cash. I saw um, the bill, didn't pay the bill. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it, didn't pay it. Uh, so we took, I took my girls up there. It was just a daddy-daughter thing. And uh, went into it going, they're, gonna, they're just going to absolutely hate this. And it was three days, two nights, in a tent, cold as hell, getting eaten alive by mosquitoes during the day. And they actually loved it. And we oh, actually, great. we did it for like six years in a row. We oh, went, that's amazing. Like, yeah. They ended up falling in love with, uh, with camping, which was awesome for me because I love it. It, it was, uh, it was kind of a nostalgia piece for me when, for my childhood. <clears throat> and then, and then Lucy turned 17 and then it was like, dad, I can't, I can't do camping. I mean, we, I'll go to a hotel with you. I'm like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's not how we do it. So, but we did do it for a very short amount of time, which was, I, which I'm grateful fine for. Fine dinos. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fine dinos. <laughs> Just raising a couple of fine dinos. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. How do we not? <laughs> Thank you for bringing these cups. Cause we now have welcome. the trash panda and the fine dino. Fine dinos, baby. Rawr. Yeah. Rawr. <laughs> it's raw. Oh, <laughs> not for this trash candidate. Uh, did you have uh, did you have travel stuff when you were younger, Charles? You know, we did. Um, I don't know how many free trips my parents and my buddy Adam's family got out of the fine people at the uh, timeshare company, but that was kind of that seemed to be what we did for much of our childhood. Is we go to Wisconsin Dells every summer for free. Because we'd be or put free. up, we'd, yeah. Because yeah, we'd be put up in a hotel or at the timeshare, like an hour long, by the timeshare company, trying to entice us to buy a timeshare, which my parents eventually did. This was, you know, when I was, I was probably like fifteen at that point when they finally decided to plunk down and were like, "All right, we've taken advantage of this system for long enough." <laughs> but that's what they do. They invite you in the summer. Nope. You just fill out the application. They say, "Come on in," and then they give you the hard sell. And then, like, you know, my dad was probably like, can't afford it, see you next year, you know. And then just take off, and then the next summer, we'd have another weekend in the Wisconsin Dells where they'd cover your lodging. We'd drive there, so my folks and my my buddy Adam's parents would uh, pay for the gas, and then we'd do a couple (laughs) things, go on, you know, go on the the go-karts or down some slides or what have you, eat at uh, Paul Bunyan's, and then head home. So that was our yearly family trip when we were kids. As an adult, I would say that my family trip would be the condo in Lebanon, which, of course, we haven't done in a few years, but I was traveling there. You know, I like to go every year, but we're averaging, like, every 18 months where that would sort of be, like, the family vacation because my mother and my brother Tony would... So either they'd fly there with me or with my brother JP and back with the other one, or we'd all go together because mm-hmm. Tony's disabled and it's helpful to have one of us on the plane each way to transfer him. So that's always been, or have has been for many years now since 2011, our sort of uh, family vacay spot. 
even though we haven't been there in some time. And Marnie and I don't have an annual, the only thing we have as an annual place as a couple would be going to the cabins in Nevis. Um, and I don't know if we'll ever have a place that we just go to every year beyond yeah. something like that. That's where we're at. Just because, yeah, just because we like to explore. Yeah, I just want to go new places. Yep. Like, right. uh, going back to the Wisconsin Delts thing. Yeah. Hard hitting question. Oh, is yeah. Paul Bunyan a kaiju? <laughs> is, <laughs> I'm going to let that be rhetorical because it's way better that way. All right. All right. I'll leave it at that. I want you guys is to Paul think. Paul Bunyan a kaiju? <laughs> That well, is like, the greatest question. That, Juan, that's the best question anyone's asked me in some in, a, in quite a long time. Uh, it, again, it, it popped into my brain, and I was like, I have to ask Charles because of all the people I know, he would be most likely to give me like a thoughtful answer. So that's uh, also great that you brought up kaiju because I wrote some copy for Falling Knife a few days ago for a social media post, and I put kaiju in there just to like describe the the titanic qualities of something and dan was like you've been watching too much pacific rim and i didn't tell him this but in my head I was like that's not where the word kaiju no. comes from you push my glasses up here knock it off nerd <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all right that's my that's my thinker for all of you 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 tell me well let's get into uh this what this final cocktail yeah. is since this is now a bonus cheers number yeah seven. uh final cocktail um is your our take off of a classic cosmopolitan? Um, I unlike um, many many before me or whatever that have uh, a, some sort of problem with taking a, a cosmopolitan and making it good. Um, I find nothing wrong with taking those. You know, Jeff and I joke all the time about you know we're going to make the the shitty drinks cool again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, natural grape ape. You know, yeah, exactly. Grape that, apes, right? yeah. your sex on the beach and all those, you know, all those mm. terrible things that you had back in the day. So now that we know what we know and do the, do what we do, we're able to make things a little bit, you know, for the modern palate. palate. So I think the Cosmopolitan is a fantastic cocktail, especially when it's done right. And this is our version of it. So it's got cranberry, hibiscus, elixir in it. Um, Jeff can talk a little bit more about all the ingredients in it. I think there's some peppercorns in there and... Grains of Paradise, um, a little little hint of uh, um, cinnamon in there, the hibiscus, um, orange oil, just to give it that you know that orange liqueur vibe. But what is this called? This particular your your this version is of this? called the Quincy Cosmo on the menu. Okay, wait, is this was this always on the menu? It was. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. Marty loves Street, Cosmos. Correct. I don't know if correct. she knew that it was a take on a Cosmo because she loves. So this Cosmos. is one of our our original uh, elixirs, retail elixirs, the the cranberry hibiscus elixir. Right. So. Um, you know, we we're trying to showcase our, our retail skews on the menu, and this is how this one uh, came out. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a, a great rendition. It's a banger. You talked about yeah. banger songs mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. This is one of those, like, like, I don't, like, this one and the rabbit kick, I think, are the ones that probably might not ever leave the menu because sure. it's just a banger. Like, people order it. Um, they drink it, and they drink four four of them. Well, and it, it it's so eye catching. It's one of those drinks that, like, as soon as you see it coming across the bar, somebody's going to ask, "What what is that?" And I want that. Yeah, you know, like I love I love that color. And I, I guess I'm also with you on that. I remember uh, Jesse before you and I had even met when I was working on Manhattan's with Davy Jones and Jeff Rogers and um, Brian Zacco and those guys. Like we were trying to just look up like the origins of these cocktails. And there's a, a debated story that maybe the Cosmo partially was started here in it the was. cities. Yeah. Well, there, I, I've gone back and forth on whether or not I believe which story. But either way, we were in the forefront of it. Mm-hmm. 
And when you actually break down what's in it, like, of course, that's a delicious cocktail. I think it gets vilified because it was pink. I think that's the, the only reason, because there are so many, especially men in our society. That, For some time, yeah. That just would refuse to order anything. Yeah. Stemmed glassware with a pink drink. Yeah. Was, right. was a, Which, just admitting that, like, you're too fragile to hold a stemmed glass yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. Same name as a, a magazine that is yeah. primarily designed for women. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, think, I, so, I think a lot of men still have a problem with that, and they're drinking, like, um, papaya, passion fruit, uh, vanilla, sour beers in stem glasses. Or a black cherry you know? white claw. Yeah. I mean, right. you know, like, yeah, I, right. yeah, I don't... Where's the line? Yeah, Where it's insane to me. But I, I also, you know, the, I, was in my, I was in my early to mid-20s at that point, and I don't know if I had ever actually had, like, a Cosmo before. And I remember we made it, right. and I took a sip, and I was like, why the fuck do people hate this drink? This is right. delicious. Yeah. yeah, Like, it's great. And then Why can't I have one? What, right? <laughs> what, um, what is it that, I can't tell if it's, the, if, is it my dino cup or the drink? <laughs> is, it, is it a little bit more translucent than transparent? It's a little more. Um, it's a lighter hue. Pink. Yeah, it's a lighter hued color than, uh, than you would, like, if you went Can to. You use that, that cranberry juice cocktail. It's just, it's such a dark, and it's generally yeah. kind of like an afterthought. We're, we're shaking our, our cranberry hibiscus elixir within the cocktail, so just the aeration of it alone yeah. will we'll lighten it up. Sure, 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 sure. Instead of just pouring it off the gun at the end of your. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, that's this fun. is one of those crushers that you just, like, you just to the face. Yeah, from, that's... Uh, this is also, I mean, using a whole cranberry. This is a whole cranberry, yeah. orange peel, lime peel, orange juice, lime juice, oils. It's, I mean, that's the awesome. Note of uh, yeah, the, the black peppercorn. Yeah, basically, um, this drink is is you know you can replicate this drink at home because of the retail cranberry hibiscus we sell. It's literally two ounces of spirit, one and a half ounces of elixir. Shake the hell out of it, strain it, boom, there you go. It's you know sans dino cup. <laughs> that's what you think. Yeah. In the time you've described it, I drank the whole drink. <laughs> yeah, that's that is just <laughs> fucking delightful. That's oh, um, do you do you ship product anywhere? Are you just retail out of your store? We retail out of our store. We ship to over, I believe we're at over thirty states now. Um, three countries. Yep. Uh, we are shipping to Canada. Well, I not ship to three countries. We're in three countries: U.S., Canada, and China. China. Um, yeah, that's amazing. And they can get all of your. The syrups and elixirs? Yeah, syrups, elixirs, whether it's a wholesale account or if it's a, uh, you know. A an enthusiast. An enthusiast, yeah. yep. A recreational drinker. It's yep. kind of crazy, right? EarlGiles.com. I, I mean, EarlGiles.com, yeah. Check out our website. Check out the With all the things that have been going on in my life for the last month, it's, it, it's crazy, but also at the same time, like, I'm happy that we're all in these scenarios. It's, uh, you know, like, Urkula, for example, like, for as long as I've known him, you know, it, it's been like vagabond. You know, he's he's here for six months. He's gone for six months. He's he living out of a suitcase. He's doing this job. He's doing that job. Like, he's there's never been, like, and now he's like a business owner, entrepreneur. He's buying, he's, he's buying a home. Closing my house like, on Monday. Hey, congrats. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Like, uh, like it, it's, it's weird that we're all, like, 
Is it, or is it weird or is it sad that we're all growing up? <laughs> I'm fine with it, man. Yeah, there are elements yeah, on no, both I, ends of that equation. Yeah, right? I am very happy very, being yeah. on the other side, on the, on the wrong side of 40. You know, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's the right side of 40. The, right? the, the days, you know, like Not every man. running the steps at Chichen Itza anymore, right? <laughs> right, yeah. 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 Oh, oh, yeah, I would totally do it if they were open. <laughs> I would totally do it. Every, every band has like a couple awesome albums, and then they have the album that comes out where they have the song about being really tired of being on the road. I don't. I don't want to be in that area anymore. I'm good. I'm at the. I'm at the. Now the artist has a studio in his house and he writes songs about watching everybody grow up. Like I'm good there, man. I'm fine with. We want to call it dad rock. Call it dad rock. Yeah. I'll. I'll I think everybody in this room could agree with me on this. Like I'll challenge anyone's pedigree to tell me that you've juiced more out of life than we have in the last twenty years. Yeah. I'm good for a little while. Like I like my adventures, but I'll pick and choose them. I don't need every single day to be like, what's attacking me now or where am I? Or where am I? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're, we're good. I was doing a, a cocktail class uh, at the distillery last weekend and um, having a good time as cocktail class participants do, you know, especially when they're three, four cocktails into their night. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they started asking me all these questions about, not about the drink or the cocktail, but about my, my past, my history, my, you know, working at places that I worked at and this stuff that I've seen and done, like, and uh, there got to be a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to refrain from talking about this part of my life for just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't want to, uh, like, like you said, like I've lived 10 lifetimes in just 30 years, like being in this industry. Like it's, it's for someone who, for, for people who don't understand the life of a cook, the life of a chef, the life of a bartender, and the grind that you do five days a week, the hours in which you do it, the things in which you see, the people that you see in their most vulnerable points, like that is a that is a story all that's a life altogether. Absolutely, you know. And um, writing, like I've always wanted to write a book about about this experience. <clears throat> and uh, I, I I think the hardest part is where do you start? I you know you know, you know what's worse is I I can't figure out how to end it yeah because i thought right. the same thing like what did i learn don't do that anymore right like that's there, there's no like <laughs> i didn't come up with like the the key to life lesson i didn't figure out the secret i just figured out how to not die and how to not see concern in my loved one's faces when i see them for the first time in a few weeks yeah. like i live a life where people are just happy and give me a hug and i'm yeah. like okay we're doing all right there but that, that's my problem. That's like, a t-shirt, I think. Yeah. I've lived this far, learned how not to die. Yeah. yeah. Well, not, <laughs> cheers to none of us having won a Darwin Award. Fucking <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Well, yeah. So I guess as we're winding it up, uh, we talk about this on the show a lot. Hashtag celebrate everything and kind of give people their flowers. Um, and I really do just want to say, I talked about it a little bit at the top of this episode, but... Um, you know, the first time that I remember talking to you was when we opened the most ill-fated restaurant in the history of ill-fated restaurants. I know where you're going, yeah. And uh, Jesse was going to be the bar manager, and I was going to be a bartender. And uh, there was an emergency with one of the kids, so you couldn't be there for, like, the first day of staff training. And the chef came out, and he had Jesse's, uh, like, cocktail recipe list for what was going to be on the menu. And our training was literally the chef just announcing the name of the drink and then reading off what's in it. 
and then going to the next page and announcing the name of the drink and reading off what's in it. <laughs> next, and like all these people are just staring like, what the fuck is, I don't even know what those things are. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody's just looking at each other. I can imagine, yeah. And I just, I raised my hand and I was like, hey, chef, like I, I'm a bartender. Do you mind, can I just, can I have that? And can I just read it to everybody? And I can actually like maybe try and decode like why some of these things what the are in there. What fuck is Pilancio? Yeah. 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 So, Pilan Chilo? Pilan Killers. So, he, he was like, I just want to be out of this room. So, sure. So, he gave me the papers and then he left. And we just kind <clears> of, <throat> I just sat down and I, I read through everything. And it was awesome because I had never met you, but I could like see your vision <clears throat> for these drinks. And now, you know, this is eons ago. So, the, the bars we were shooting to grab were much lower yeah. <laughs> than maybe the bars we grab now. For sure. But um, I remember later that night, I got a phone call from a number that I didn't know, and I answered it, and it was Jesse. And he was like, are you the guy that, like, read my menu to the staff? And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm getting fired. <laughs> and he was like, that's pretty cool. We should, we should hang out. And you absolutely became a mentor for me to... I had gotten a bunch of knowledge because I had picked the right people to be friends with at that time, but our fledgling restaurant did so poorly. I don't, I didn't see any success in craft cocktails and you were one of the people that kept running with the ball until it happened. And it was, it was, it was an amazing thing to be a part of. And it's really cool now, what, 15 years later to like still get to sit and like cheer you on as the bar has gotten so high now that we wouldn't have even been able to see it back then. No, you're right. Like, none of this was possible in our brains in the mid-2000s. Me and Jeff talk about that all the time. You know, like, all those conversations we had, you know, over a bottle of Jameson. Yeah. uh, You know, when you're closing down the place, and you're like, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this? And, you know, it just Mm -hmm. seems like uh, those conversations seem like such a pipe dream and, like, such a no no chance that could happen. Um, But I tell you what, man, and... And all joking aside, like, without Jeff um, doing what he does and how he does it, um, none of this would have been happened. N- none of this would have, would have happened. I mean, you know, I, during the very early stages of Earl Giles, um, it was just Jeff. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was doing my jester thing. I was opening up Burrow and Parlor and Constantine, and yeah. I was doing that. And, I'd, I'd, you know, that, that alone was, was a, a chock full job and then i then i had to there's no chance i could have done earl giles and jeff you know his his drive his passion his his will his want to make it happen i mean it earl giles wouldn't be here today if it wasn't whatever happened i told him in the beginning i said no matter what happens with our company i will never i'll never do this without you whatever we're gonna do i'm doing with you yeah and it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be anything other than what we both want it to be. And, and that, and that was, you know, something that I believed in. Um, I'm very happy that he believed it with me. Um, because, uh, you know, we, we march and we, uh, we march the same march and we speak the same speak, um, when it comes to the livelihood of others that are now we're responsible for. And, you know, when we open this facility, we, we made a promise, I think, to ourselves more than anybody that we would we would treat people the way we've always wanted to be treated in this industry. And going back to your story, when we opened that ill-fated restaurant, um, 
I think a lot of a lot of the failures that we had along the way were more learning moments than Absolutely. anything that helped me personally get to this particular position. You win or you learn. You do. You really do, Charles. And that's 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 it's it's something that you know. Yes, it's a dream, um, and I'm living it. And I can't believe it. Every day I walk in that place that I get to do it, and I get to do it with mm-hmm. one of my really, really good friends and and, and you know my life partner yep. essentially. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, and it's have it it's, any other way. It's a it's a it's a great feeling, man. Like one of my servers the other day came up to me and and said, you know, there was someone that came in to deliver something, and you're like, hey, Jesse, how you doing? I was like, hey, man, how you doing? Like, how you been? I was like, you know what? Living a dream. You always say that. Living a dream. It's a cliche, right? Right. And then one of my servers overheard it, and they're like, you actually are living your dream. Most of people say that right. when they mean I'm dying inside. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, uh, You're like, holy <laughs> shit, I said that in earnest? Yeah. Like, I yeah. meant it? It was one of those moments where I got to like yeah. pause for three seconds and be like, holy shit, I really am actually yeah. living my yeah. dream. And uh, persistence, man. It was persistence. It was, it was, there was moments when both of us, I think, had our moments when, you know, Maybe. we're like, what in the <laughs> hell are we doing? What are we doing? Right. Yeah, I mean. But, you know, we well, kept going. We did it. Kept going. That was, that was the other half of the flowers is I just, I, I wanted to give you credit. I don't know if I've ever actually told you this before, but one of my favorite things about you was when, when you kind of showed up in the, the craft cocktail season. Jeff, Jeff, by the way. Yeah. I was getting that. I was, was going to say Jeff. <laughs> um, we, and I, I, I don't. I don't. I hope I don't offend anybody by saying this, but I also don't mind saying. I kind of hope you do. We um, we had gotten really stagnant really quick. Yeah. The it wasn't necessarily that we had hit anybody's capacities. We had just figured out a way to like kind of breathe, and we found a small rigid pattern that kind of worked. And what, in my opinion, sorry, what, in regard to what a craft yeah. cocktail scene. Okay. Yeah. And when you showed up, it's kind of thing that. A market like this tends to do yep. when like a new and i'm sure every i think every city is probably method had or these style ways. or product emerges yeah. right yeah and you were like jeff you were like just the right mix of like anarchy is not the right word but maybe chaos <laughs> yeah uh and yeah. also um like fun like there was i remember <laughs> there's there's a kid i went to high school with named mike and mike didn't give a fuck about what anybody thought of him he was like a good athlete, but he wasn't like a crazy athlete. He didn't talk all the time, but everything he fucking said was like a perfectly worded joke. Like the dude could slay me at the drop of a hat anywhere. And it was just because he didn't give so he a was fuck like, what anybody thought. He was like the original Charles. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. He, oh, he used, uh, um, oh no, God damn it. I forgot what it was. Persnickety. He, uh, he nailed it. But it was like you rattled enough people out of their shit enough that I watched people change the way that they were doing things because you just walked in. You're like, yeah, but why do you do that? Like we could just do that. He still does that by the way. I'm sure he does. Like literally hearing what you said, that's, that's still gotta be a key to that. And I loved that you came in from a different way of looking at things. And that's like, how many times have you, like for me, it's always when I write something, I can reread it 40 times and I'll still miss a single fucking typo. And then I'll post it, walk away from it, and I'll come back, and I'm like, oh, god damn it. But if somebody it's else... like the ginger beer, yeah. you know? Yeah. He was, just, he was with it for so long. Yeah, like, you ah. can't. <laughs> and 
you were one of like my favorite of the humans that did that. And I can still watch the ripples. Like that's the best part. You didn't just splash the pot and walk away. Like you're still changing the game. And I hope you understand that there's a whole lot more people than me that feel that way about you. And I hope you feel that love because it really is like watching the two of you come together and figure this out has been somewhat awe-inspiring for me because you can, you can have both sides of it. And that's, it, that's why what you guys are doing, just, it will always mean a little bit more to me. Because <laughs> I got to watch both things kind of happen. <laughs> and then be like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then it kept going. And then you're like, holy shit, this actually might work. And then now you walk in. And like I have the same dumb fucking grin on my face every time I walk in that building. Because it's not just walking in. It's all of the years that led up to that. I see it every time I walk in I there. think I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of our facility, Jeff, and correct me if I'm wrong, but... You know, when we were designing this facility and the way micro distilleries were around the country, especially locally here, like we didn't want to be just a part of the herd. And I think when, yeah, I think you're hitting a nail on the head, Ben, getting Jeff in here to not only like pick things up and shake it by the ankles a little bit, like he did that. He had that like, he had that ability to do that during the design process with the plants, with the murals in the wall, with, you know, the, the uh, tapestries and the textures of fabric. Like, all, all that's, like, it was one of those uh, exercises we did because we wanted to be different. You know, it was one of those things where we wanted to be special and memorable. And people come in there and take Instagrams and photos. And that's, that's, the, that's exactly what it was supposed to be. It was, we, I think, our, one of our initial meetings was we wanted to, we wanted to disrupt the micro distillery yeah. industry a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those were extremely kind words from friends, mentors, colleagues. Yeah, I, thank you. Love you, dude. Yeah, love <laughs> you guys. Uh, I'm really pleased that you joined us, too, because it wasn't yeah. clear over the last couple of months whether it was just Jesse who was going to be on, but I'm really happy that both the Earl and the Giles of Earl Giles could be represented on this podcast. Uh, we're, I mean, I, uh, I, you know, I don't. When, when, when I speak of the company, uh, when I am by myself, I speak of the company, it's always, I always go into it with, what would Jeff say? What would Jeff want me to say? Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, to your point, Charles, like it's, it's Earl Giles. It's not Earl Earl. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not Giles Giles. It is, it's both of us. And I think. Um, we complement each other. Yeah, I, well. I think so. You know, like I'm a traditionalist through and through when it comes to building a cocktail, building the old fashioned, you know, the part of the old fashioned, that's like, that's about as classic as one old-fashioned gets, right? It's, it's two things mixed with the syrup, stirred a certain amount of times, garnished traditionally. Like, I am the traditionalist. Jeff looks at it from, why are you doing it that way? We should do it this way with this extra thing on here because it's the same thing. Like, that's the approach it is. So the, the you know, the, yeah, the, the yin and yang. I love yang. you, my fellow trash panda. Right? <laughs> I love you too, uh, and, and I think that's why this works. I think, you know. I think that's why Earl Giles is what it is, or, and for certain will be what it will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're excited to see what it's going to become. Yeah, that makes four of us. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. I think it's probably more than, more than just four of us. There's probably a lot of people listening. Who are... There was a moment um, at Iron Bartender. Uh, for, for those of you that don't have an Iron Bartender in your city, it's just like Iron Chef. It's a competition for bars. There's secret ingredients, all that shit, and then there's one winner eventually <laughs> crowned. Um, 
but at, we had like a we we had a little extra time uh, in between two rounds, and you know, as the MC, I'm just trying to figure out how to fill time, and I got kind of like swept up. So I was talking to uh, a local uh, liquor and, and spirits importer named Eric Seed, who's been instrumental in all of this happening in the Twin Cities scene, and. I, I said something to him, and then it hit me like, I, I actually should grab everybody, and we should say this. And I just said, you know, thinking back to the first Iron Bartender that I went to at Hell's Kitchen, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. I don't even remember how long ago that was. I think I created it in 2009. Okay, so it wasn't as long well, 14 yeah. years. Right? Thinking from then till now, the ability for me to walk out onto the floor and look up at the stage and see seven or eight different companies started by people who were just bartenders or chefs who decided that they wanted to see something better. And rather than paying for it, they were going to make it themselves the right way. Like almost all of the bitters were locally made a bunch of the syrups or all the syrups actually were locally made. Uh, a bunch of the liqueurs were locally made the spirits locally. Like we had so much shit representing. And I just thought, like, you couldn't have possibly told me that that was a, a future outcome because I didn't think that, like, micro distilleries or anything like that was, like, possible mm -hmm. or that anybody would go for that. And yet, here we are seeing Tattersall, Grapefruit, and Orange Crema coming in and out. Like, the, the Pilachillo, the ginger syrup, just fucking flying. The Dash Fire bitters, the Bitter Cube bitters. Like, all of that, like, Dunord spirits. Like, every, it, it just yeah. made me so proud. Yeah. I was thinking about that as... Jesse was reminiscing about late night conversations that he and Jeff had about doing something like this and how even then it maybe seemed like a dream deferred, but it has come to reality. I was thinking of how many people we've had on this program that have told us similar stories. Mm -hmm. Like the last time it happened was when in the two seats you're sitting in right now, we had Kosovich and, and Chef Tommy and they had the exact, you know, not exactly, but like very similar circumstances where they said how they had so many nights where they'd stay up late drinking and talk about, we're going to make this restaurant and here's all the things that's going to be, but also in the back of their minds realize or thinking that it wouldn't actually be possible. And then they did it and they were like, fuck, we did it. Yeah. And yeah. how many people we know that have done, have accomplished those yeah. goals. Or, or even, you know, go back to the summer when we had Kieran Folliard on and he's like, just fucking do it. Yeah. Start. Yeah. Like just, you just got to start. Like whatever that start is, just start. You know, sketch it out on a piece of paper. Well, then what's the next step? Just just start doing this stuff. It doesn't matter yeah. how long. Like, eventually, if you just keep pressing, you'll figure it out. That's what I yeah. think that's what we did. Yep, yeah, just didn't quit. When, I, don't, I don't think we would allow ourselves to quit. I think we're just too stubborn. <laughs> yeah, that could be it, too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's got to factor in. It was, and you it, started, you know, you know once, once you have some skin in the game, once there's yeah, some vague, I mean, then once, you're once like, you're going, what are we doing with this? And it, and we got to parlay yeah, it. We felt the ownership of that company and that name and, and the pride of it, um, whether we were, you know, losing money on deliveries to Rochester. <laughs> yeah, Chester, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just part of it. You know, we, we, we were not going to allow ourselves to just end that way. No, yeah. no. We, uh, we ain't going out like that. We that's, ain't going that's out true, like man. that. That's true, man. We ain't going out. Uh, <laughs> terrible impressions are, have been a feature for two plus years for me on the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, sorry to Cypress Hill. Uh, Charles, anything that you want to bring up if we're going to turn this one around? Do we want to touch we, on anything? Should we talk about if listeners are listening to this the week that it gets uh -huh. released, that they could see us on Sunday. 
I think we should. Please if do. you're uh, if you're in town, uh, if you're in the Twin Cities area and you're listening to this the week that it drops, uh, it is currently. This will be out if you're if you're around uh, for the last weekend of January. Um, we uh, Charles will be a judge for Iron Bartender semifinals round two, and I will be the MC, um, raising money for Project Black and Blue, um, a a incredible charity and fund for people in the service industry for any emergency, whether it's financial, mental, physical, whatever it may be. Um, Two of the best humans I know are running it, and it's a pleasure raising money for that. On top of it, you get to drink a whole bunch of really great cocktails. The All four teams are making a punch. Your admission price gets you all of that for free. And then uh, there's a number of things that get, get passed around a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty good time. Um, and again, the, the finals will be the following week. Uh, but yeah, if you want to come out, come out. It would be rad to see you and to help raise money for an incredible cause. So it sounds like uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, they yeah. keep giving me a goddamn microphone, and what are you going to do? I think, yeah. Charles, weren't you, uh, you were being a judge for a couple times, haven't you? The last time I judged was 2015. So the first time Charles and I ever minute. met. That was uh, the first time we hung out. We had a beer beforehand. Yeah. And I think we were like, I think I know you. I think I, think I know you. And then we had a, yeah, had yeah. a beer at the bar. We had, uh, as far as I know, we had only... Uh, talked on Twitter and possibly Facebook, but uh, maybe yeah, I don't really Twitter, but some some avenue we we've met in passing. Probably yeah, I don't think point. I had Instagram at the time. Maybe it was just Facebook. I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, but yeah, That's it was uh, that was uh, here we are eight years later, mm-hmm. and uh, on episode seventy two. Yes. So uh, I just can't thank you guys enough. Um, yes, thank you so much. This is amazing. Thank you for having thank us. I'm about to us. tear into a few of those pieces of pizza. That's cold as shit right now. Who gives us cold pizza? Cold pizza, pizza is the fucking jam. I know cold pizza. Cold Start hot. fights. Yes, they brought pizza from. Shitty pizza is good pizza. Yeah, and I'm glad we waited till the end because I wasn't hungry when we started. I was like, I didn't know pizza was gonna be here. <laughs> uh, but everybody out there, uh, take care of each other. Be kind to everyone. I don't know. Have a wonderful week. Rate, review, and share the podcast. We never say that shit anymore, but yeah, but yeah, would you yeah, do that? Be nice. Come to Earl Giles. Give us a little five star. And then, you and know what? If you're in town or coming to town or planning will, a trip to the Twin Cities. I will do this. I will, I will, I will ask kindly for a, a nice review, but then I'll also ask you, I'll task you with the next time you go out to eat or you go to a bar, if you have a good time, write a nice review on Google or Yelp or some shit. Just spread some positivity. It oh. means a lot to a lot of people. So do you know, I have an idea. I saw that on step on your touchdown. No, please here. do. Uh, I have an idea for a podcast. Oh. Ooh, yeah. Wow. So my idea for a podcast is get some restaurant tours next to me. And we're going we're gonna to Yelp the Yelpers. Oh, yeah. And I want to, <laughs> I want to basically take a Yelp review, read it the way they wrote it, and then reply to it the way... I want to reply to it instead of the way that yeah. I have to reply to it. Okay. Uh, I will gladly volunteer <laughs> to be a guest like on that I like because it. I still have my active shadow profile <laughs> where every couple months I get feisty and I'll just go after like five or six terrible reviews of places I love yeah. and I just decimate them. Like I have, I love doing it. Jesse, I think this is a, like a YouTube short thing. Yep. Yeah, it could be that. Cause too. I think you could just rip them off. You could just do, you could do like 10 a week. Just like <laughs> dear sir or Mrs. Dear Mr. And Mrs. Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Go fuck yourself. It would be a, that would be like a great, like extended mean <laughs> tweets thing. 
Where you just quick read that and then you... Right, it could be split screen. Like uh-huh. the review could scroll. You could blur out the name if uh-huh. you want to be nice about it. And then you could pen or you could orate your response. We, we go through reviews That's like good. every week, right? You know, in, in our meetings yeah. and whatnot. And we see these and I'm like, you know, thank God someone controls our our responses and whatnot. Because I'm like, ah, give me that. They're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Keep that to yourself. Jason. Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Meteor, uh, who are, I think, our third ever episode on this show, uh, the team from Meteor at Iron Bartender, their team name was Loose Ice, which was referenced from the worst <laughs> review they've ever gotten. And was I think that actually was the last review that I went after. I might have done that on my own name. I might not Loose have. Ice. Yeah. That, that was how they referred to... They, the old fashioned was so gross that the, the ice was loose. And I think oh, they were, man. I think they were trying to say that there's like a dollar upcharge for like the big cube. We got a review once our first week open and it was a one star review and it was bad worker, bad water. Wow. Yeah, real, bad r- real worker, bad water. Yeah. That just that, reminds that me. Purified water. My my roommate Jake, my senior year in high school, had a bumper sticker that said "Bad cop, no donut." And uh, let me tell you, for living in a small town, got pulled over a lot. Uh, <laughs> same cop, yeah. same cop every time. Yeah. Our good friend Ned was in the back seat, and he just shouted. The guy's like, "Do you know why I pulled you over?" He goes, "Probably because you want some donuts." I'm like, "Oh God, oh, we're God. all gonna go to jail. We're going to jail. Going no. to jail." <laughs> Uh, well, like we said, thank you so much for listening and uh, tune in next episode. Hopefully, we'll see some of you Iron Bartender. Let's go eat some pizza. Let's go eat some Heck pizza. Yeah. Genie sprinkles, y'all. <laughs>